Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name is Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. Hey, you have no idea how much choreography, folks, went into getting that in the order it was, because we're sort of adopted a different seating arrangement, and I'm like, how how am I going to express to everybody what to do? So I'm just directing traffic, literally. To be honest, I thought we were going to go around the table. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So did I. So um, it is, uh, it's another week, and um, we we went back to the movies this week. We did indeed, yes. We went to the Majestic up in King's Lynn, and it was lovely to be back. It, it really was, yeah. yeah. I wish we'd gotten to go back to one of their lovely refurbished yeah. rooms. I was actually yeah. quite disappointed. I wanted to go, I know we planned to go here for Bill and Ted, but we just see something in the new one. Maybe that's, it, why, maybe that's why that other theater was just sold out. It wasn't about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to sit it's, in the comfy wanted, seats. They wanted to sit in the comfy seats. Yeah. It's almost like they put their best films in their best theaters. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean... Yeah. Uh, I don't know There's how long Bill, I don't know how long Bill and Ted's been out for in the UK now, but um, since Wednesday, wasn't it? The episode's opening week, isn't it? Yeah, Is it? Oh. it was horrendous. I don't think it's anything about the people of King's Lynn. I just think that nope. there were seven people, I think, in the cinema, and we were five of them. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And we had the whole lower floor to ourselves. Yeah. And, <laughs> I don't know how many it was, two, it could have been four, but they had the, they had the balcony to themselves. Mm. And that is the ultimate social distanced yep. viewing experience. <laughs> I did wonder, is it about the fact that it's just a – that it's – who's probably braving cinemas right now? It's probably young people. It's probably teens mm. and early 20s. Probably teens more than anything else. And But I don't know, though, because the other cinemas sold out. Yeah. The screen, yeah. wasn't it? I have no idea. I have no yeah. idea what it was called, but – No. I mean, it was sold out. Yeah, so – Maybe we no longer have our finger on the pulse. That, that can't be true, James. <laughs> no. But uh, we did our first ever See It or Skip It episode. And if you want to give that a little listen, we do a spoiler-free version followed by the full spoiler version. And more than that, let us know if you if, if you liked it. It's something new that we're trying out. I wanted something that was for when movies are live in the cinemas. That's yeah. not like a full review because it's different when you get to sit here and take notes and stop and go, oh, what's that? And have a little bit – just immediate raw sort of moments. Yeah. So that was that. Um we just went ahead and watched One Minute Time Machine, a lovely short film on, lovely short on, on YouTube. Because we all said we knew, we knew Ted's wife from something. Yeah. <laughs> or a few of us did. And I'm like, I know I've – I especially went, I know I've seen her in something. What is Because I knew that Bill's wife was – what's her name from Glee? But I didn't know who Ted's wife was. I also think I've seen her in a British program, you know, like a TV program. Well, she can obviously do a British accent. Yeah. I don't know. She, she might even be a – I don't know if she's an American actress or a British actress. I have no idea. With that accent, I'd say British. But they both did <laughs> – uh, well, the woman who played Ted's uh, – sorry, Bill's wife, she's American. Yeah. And she was convincing. So I but, don't know. The saying that I thought Gwyneth Paltrow was English for many years. <laughs> so there, there's a lot. 
Sorry, we've just got our, uh, our, our, our intern here is uh, chewing away on his chew toy. <laughs> I should specify he is canine. And it's not yeah, just we don't have, <laughs> we're not forcing some sort of intern to, to do menial tasks as a hazing ritual of some sort. Um, so I'd just like to confirm she's an American actress. Yeah. Wow. Did well. That's a really good actress. Well, they're about, they're about 12 years younger than the male leads. Yeah. Um, Which I found weird. In a film that I think really, if you, I looked into the crew and stuff, in a film that really went out of its way to try and be diverse mm. in every capacity, they really did, really did try. Um, I'm sitting there going, that was when I was a bit surprised. I'm like, why, why, why would you not have? Because you can't yeah. tell me they look the same age. No. <laughs> so I, I would be curious to go, where are they now on the original princesses? Mm. Yeah, just just as, as, a, as a thought. It'd have been nice if they'd have said they could have got around it by saying that they went back in the time machine, back to their place of origin, and then came back a few years later. So maybe they didn't age. <laughs> I don't know. And so, just usual as per norm, uh, let's start off with a couple of shout outs. We got some lovely engagement for people. Uh, Carlo, um, a must follow, I think, on Twitter at ThiefCGT, did a lovely. We were actually recording on. Um, what was the film we did last night? Moana. Thank Moana. you, Moana. Make way, make way. <laughs> In my memory banks for what I don't remember. We, we do did so that. many, it's difficult to keep and track was, of sometimes. And he, was tweet- he tweeted us a lovely re- uh, re- review of our Iron Man thing. Oh, okay. so, that, so that was quite nice. Uh, Emmett Verbal Diorama, as per usual. Uh, she just did one on the Princess Bride. I just was listening oh, to that nice. while I was making I was making the delicious dinner we're all going to share yeah. in a little bit. Uh, Alex at Main Street Finance, who thanked us for tipping him off to Birdcage. He'd never seen Birdcage before and watched it and really liked it and tipped us off and said, thank you so much for that. I think it's one of those ones oh, that nice. people ha- most people haven't seen it, but the ones who do are like, I like that. I still haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't? Oh, oh, well, maybe you need to take Alex's example and watch The Birdcage. I shall. Uh, the Paul and Griff Show, everything we do, the Paul and Griff Show, are just all over helping us out. Uh, Thank you. Friend of the podcast, Lestat, who I had a nice yeah. conversation about Spider-Man with this week. Oh, nice. He believes Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man. Yeah, he does. That is shocking. <laughs> I know, right? That is, I did not know there was a faction that even believed this. Actually, I, I do quite like him myself. I don't like Tobey Maguire. I'll admit, I haven't seen the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. I've seen, like, scenes, but not the full thing. Tom Holland, is it? Yes. He's my favorite. I really like Tom Holland. He's definitely my favorite. Yeah. yeah. But I do like Andrew Garfield. I just. I don't keen. like Toby. So I was no. fine with Garfield over Toby because yeah, yeah, yeah. I always felt Toby got in the way of my enjoyment of those mm. original ones. Um, friends of the podcast, Zach Carpenter, who's just started his own podcast called Burnt Toast and said that actually our podcast kind of inspired them wow. to go ahead. And I listened to their first episode today and, and, and it's, it sounds, sounds like a first episode. It, it was really, really fun. And you're trying to get to know who these people are. And Zach himself is sort of the, the lead voice. and He's very talented. So I look forward to seeing what they do. They like yourself. Uh, you, you flatter me, <laughs> sir. Um, the 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 effing nerds podcast who I spoke to about the Paramount Court case of 1948. I was not expecting to have that conversation <laughs> no. in traditional manners, but we were trying to go how long until Disney owns the theaters and actually studios can't own theaters in the states. Oh, okay, and that's based on the Paramount Court case because yeah, yeah. they they used to. Uh, and so imagine if you had to go, okay, what do you want to watch? Okay, if we want to see Moana, we have to go see or Mulan, the new one. We have to go to one of the Disney-owned theaters and yeah. not – as opposed to now where you kind of go, oh, they'll okay. all be at one place. And so a court case in the United States called the Paramount Court Case in 1948 made that illegal. And then you've That's got – But how do you explain like things getting released directly to Disney Plus now? And you're going, isn't that, isn't that what we have in a sense? Yeah, but doesn't pe- don't people want to go to the cinema and see stuff majority of the time? Our, our – 
our trip to see Bill and Ted 3 would suggest maybe not. <laughs> well, maybe But not. we enjoyed going back yeah. to the Majestic and going back to the cinema. And I think everybody There's should. There's something about seeing it on the big screen rather yep. than a little screen. Yeah, we, we got to be disappointed yeah. in a big screen. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I so lead. wanted it to be so good, but it wasn't. And then finally, uh, it's a musical podcast. And we I spoke to them about Iron Man 1 versus Iron Man 3. So... Uh, outside of that, another introductory thing we like to do is it's Fantasy Football Day. Fantasy Football! And uh, I sit here as second in the league. I, I was victorious over Georgia last week. By yeah. so little. By so little. And, that and I'm is seventh the pain. in the league. And that is the pain of fantasy football where you can come so close. And you would have beaten many other people this Everyone week. else by but you and, and Nick and, and Russ. Russ. Yeah. And yet you're sitting here in like fifth, fifth. as a result. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting here second. I play Nick and Russ this week. So first place, second. Technically, I should be third. Georgia is playing Ellie. Yeah. So there's that. And Liam, you're playing, is it Alex from Main Street Finance this week? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think the the only other one that leaves Defining Disney versus that song from that movie. And those are our four matchups. And it's been a lot of fun, actually. There's a lot of engagement between the podcasts I'm seeing. (laughs) You, you. Wouldn't, Liam, because no. you still don't know what Twitter is. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> but for the rest of us, I think there's been a bit of engagement in that space. I'm starting to know really... the players, so, you know, you are. something. It's really weird now that I'm hearing you guys, like, use the players' names in the correct context. <laughs> I was kind of like, universes are colliding. Georgia was upset because George Kittle was ruled out. And I'm like, what is, th- what have I created? This is so weird. Considering and, I need Tom Brady to And Ellie's with. talking about Cortland Sutton, <laughs> and she's talking about Michael Thomas, and who's your other one who's out? Uh, Kenny Golliday. Yeah, like you you know these names. I'm yeah. like, this is so but, weird. But my three in my lineup are now all healthy, so but, we're okay. But you Ooh. haven't but you haven't tuned in for a fantasy football podcast. You have tuned in to hear about yes. movies. And what a movie I am told we have for us today in the Hitman's Bodyguard, it's Georgia's fun. wildcard pick. Yes. yes. Good wildcard. I think we need to explain. So there's a series of parameters that a film has to meet in order to be considered eligible for the podcast. Yep. And generally there are, you know, are, are, do they score very highly on Rotten Tomatoes, do they score very highly on IMDb? Neither of which does this film do. Nope. So as the result, once a year, we're each allowed to go off board and go, I don't care what the critics say. I don't care. I'm going to stand by the idea that this is a great movie. And Liam, you used yours on The Crow. I did, yep. I the still stand by that. The ultimate romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it is a beautiful rom-com. <laughs> and Georgia, why don't you tell us what it was about the hitman's bodyguard that, first off, just on a personal level, why this film? So I first watched this film earlier on this summer and was intrigued by it in on several different levels. And also then when I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb scores, how interesting it was to see a film that stars arguably three really quite big names in Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson and Gary Oldman yeah. could score. And Penelope Cruz. And Penelope Cruz. Four. Could score that low. But I've just been looking as well at 6.9 on IMDb. So it's, it's middling. So yeah. it's middling. Yeah. It's 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's rough. So that's low. But on Amazon reviews, it gets 4.5 out of 5. Yeah. It's a fun little movie. I think, see, you think on Amazon things get tend to skew high because it means you probably bought it. <laughs> if you spent money Do on it, you're likely to you think the critics um, rate it on Oscar nomination things? No, because like Bill and Ted got 80%, the new one, didn't it? Which is a load of Bill and Ted <laughs> And there's no one, though, who's going, that's an Oscar-worthy film. No way. No, I, I, I just, Sorry, Keanu. I just don't know what it is. And I haven't seen it, so I don't really know what, 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 what to speak of. But there are films that are... I couldn't n- stop smiling in this film. Yeah, I mean, there, <laughs> there are films that aren't Oscar-worthy, but still score really, really highly. Yeah. So, um, 
That's the, the thing. And so the, re- the review from Google users is 90% liked the film. Yeah. So it's, it just uh, depends who cool. you are. But again, I don't think you go searching for a film to leave a bad review. I think if you go searching for it, it means you probably liked it in some capacity. Or you really, really did. And this is the danger it, yeah. of like internet fan because there was a movie. I was looking up um, a movie that isn't even out yet. And it's already got like an IMDb rating with like 1,200 votes on it. I'm like, the film's not even like, hasn't started shooting yet. But it was like, I give it a 10. I'm like, okay, you, yeah, how? Oh, how? So I already gave Bill and Ted's Face the Music a higher rating before I watched it. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just the idea that it would exist. I'm still Maybe that's so why it's so high on there at the moment. I, I think it is. I think yeah. we were talking about it the other day. I think I was going, you can't trust it because how many votes came on before it was mm-hmm. eligible? And if we could somehow look at that'd be really interesting. Look at the metric before it released. Yeah. And then look at the metrics since people who actually watched it or we could filter it that would be really interesting but i rate keanu so much and oh. well we've, we've we've given keanu a couple of good 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 rides so yeah, far and he yeah. gave us a good ride in speed yeah, <laughs> and 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 we had this most recent one so you know all the props to that and so much like if we're watching britain's got talent and you've got your golden buzzer <laughs> liam's used his george's used hers it means ellie and i we still have ours i know exactly what mine's gonna be really? oh yeah i've yeah. had it planned for months well, i think we've each got like one pick left so really you've got to use it or, yeah. or, or, or you kind of waste it yeah, and yeah. so i've sat there with my own going i'm going to use it because cool. you know there's only so many chances you can get to see that whereas the other ones who knows someone might pick it for any reason next year so I do know what mine's going to be when it gets around to that. Georgia, do you have any sort of introductory? Because I will admit, because Georgia, you've seen it. I have, yes. Liam, you've seen it. Yep. Ellie, you were going to see it, but didn't. didn't. (laughs) And I hadn't even heard of this. And I consider myself very much a cinephile. And I'm like, what are, you're naming the actors and my brain's trying to compute. And I'm like, there's, there's, there's no movie that exists with these actors. I'm like, it's like you had just basically played like fantasy football. Yeah. With like actors and went, I should know what I would have heard about this, and I was just like my my, my system was crashing. So give me something about about the Hitman's bodyguard. So I could say it stars Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. They are the Hitman and his bodyguard. So it's I, I would really love it if it was Deadpool and Nick Fury, but I'm guessing that's not what we have coming up for us here. It's not, but it is the same kind of vibe. To I be mean, fair, it's, fair. Got, it's got a good dry these, dry humor. These are brilliant. two from my. No, I haven't seen it obviously from two guys who I you've come to expect they tend to get roles more recently where they just play exaggerated versions of themselves it is a bit like that because samuel jackson's been playing samuel jackson for a long time now and ryan reynolds is starting to basically just play himself in every Mm -hmm. movie it feels as well not not as a bad thing but it started to happen yeah and so it was directed by patrick hughes and written by tom o'connor and came out in 2017 so it's probably one of the newest films it's one of the newest ones we've done we've done we've done joker i think that's about the only thing newer Mm. than that yeah um patrick what was his name patrick hughes patrick hughes has he directed anything else that we may have heard of let me have a quick look quick check here what i quite liked about Uh, this film is you know how in comedians double acts they have a straight man and the yes the funny man well ryan reynolds is the straight man if you like yeah in this yeah, I think I, I think so I choose well. that over over having Samuel Jackson play the so straight man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything you come up with? Uh, Red Hill from 2010. Never heard of it. The Expendables nope. three oh, in 2014. Expendables three. <laughs> I do like yeah. the Expendables. I've never seen a single Expendable film. Oh, to me, just fun movies. To me, they're expendable. <laughs> no. A film called Signs in 2008. But other than wait, wait, that, wait, wait, oh, wait, 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 Signs. Is this? I, yeah. Is this like crop circles in a field? I don't know. I've not seen it. Can you show me the poster? Is that Mel Gibson? It is. Nope, this is this is a different. Oh, okay, okay. But eight point one out of ten, not bad. That's it, all right. It, it, that, it, that would qualify. It does qualify. <laughs> and we do have some of our listeners who have given us a little bit of feedback as well that oh, nice. I've sort of put in my notes. Make sure you don't forget this as we go through. So, 
Uh, the only other thing, before we get into it, I feel like we should talk about it. It's movie news, so I think it's, it's worth talking about. It happened this week. Oh. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm going to talk about, you right? You're going to talk about Bond, don't you? I am, and I'm completely <laughs> it's forgetting... It's not completely as Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, thank you. But it's not completely done yet. No. Because I dig deeper, because I was so miffed by this, <laughs> that... I, dig, I dug deeper, and that's not confirmed It's not yet. confirmed, but it's heavily, heavily, heavily rumored. <laughs> From a reliable source. Reliable source. Like, I, I think the cat's out of the bag on this one. And I'm going... I mean, there's a lot... Here in the UK, there's a big push for Idris Elba to have had that role. And I would have loved that five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, not now. Because he's 48. Yeah. He's not making the movie now. Like, the time... Because they're going to have this yeah, one. Exactly. They're going to market the, and do all that That'd stuff. Be two or three years, at least. Before they start, I mean, yeah. I think it'll get five years when the first mm. film comes out. And so, how many films and you don't do you want? want? To just do one, do you? If you could, an interesting idea. What if you did like a Joker kind of thing, and it's one movie? Oh, okay. And so it is the Idris Elba Bond film, and you get one, or you get one where it's like it's Bond, but it's kind of like how Joker's independent of everything else that's going on in the DC universe. A what bit if like you did with one George, George Lazenby one. Yeah, you just do that's, one. That's independent, isn't it? You do one. I don't care who your new guy is. Go ahead, find him. Do it with Hardy. It's fine. Yeah, knock yourself out. But get one Idris Elba film, I could get on board with that more than I could cast in him for a run. Mm. Because we've already got kind of old man Bond right now in Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah. I like him though. He's great. I don't, what, Daniel Craig? Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't like it anymore. No. That's the big thing. He wants out. Yeah. They really have to talk him into doing this, into doing this new one. And like every Bond, he wants to be the one to die as Bond. So if <laughs> anything, I'm glad that this would suggest not happening. Unless yeah. we get some sort of confirmation that James Bond is just a code name. And it's not actually the person. It's not an actual yeah. person. It's the idea that James Bond is a title that you inherit. Almost yeah, but I don't think so. Because if you go by the first ones, you know, I can't remember which movie it is. Double O Six, is it? dies at the beginning what alex trevelyan I, I i don't know i think i think it's one of them gets killed at the beginning mm-hmm. of a movie a double o somebody and then somebody takes over that other double o status but as a different name yeah so i mean it would, it would it would require a little bit of creative whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but i can live with that a bit like similar... doctor who with the different doctors wasn't it yeah because otherwise you've got this like super long as it is the minute you go super long you start contra- contradicting your own sort of in story universe telling don't you yeah you do so how many times does Bond have to quit or Bond have to be reimagined? Or how can, you know, black and white Daniel Craig Bond be breaking in? Because remember at the start of, um, what was it called, Casino Royale? Yeah. He's breaking in as a young agent and yet Judy Dench's M is M. Well, how does yeah, that yeah, line yeah. up with Pierce Brosnan's? It doesn't. It doesn't. No, so your no, brain no. goes, yeah, the yeah. only way this can work is if James Bond is a code name. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but they've never confirmed that. It's no. just the only way that that can be sort of, you know, that bit where I said my, my, my brain starts to break down when mm-hmm. we're naming the actors? Yeah. That kind of a concept. Yeah. So interesting. And uh, whenever that hits, whenever Bond comes out, if Bond comes out, yada, 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 I think there's some really interesting questions about how do you do Bond in 2020 and beyond? Because, you know, he's a womanizing, sexist kind of <laughs> bit of escapism, fantasy, whatever. And can you do that now? And also, if he's the same, supposed to be the same person, he's getting on now. He's an old man by this point. Well, yeah, I mean, the idea is we keep recasting him so he's perpetually in his no, 30s, I know, but 40s. If, but... if we were like doing a story, if it's supposed to have been oh, we the same lifetime. I mean, how old was Sean Connery when he did his last one? Yeah, but Sean Connery, that's an interesting fact. He said, I'd never, ever play Bond again. And he came back. And that's why he Is that yeah, why it was Never Say Never Again? Never Say Never yeah. Again. But that came out the same year as Octopussy, I believe. Yeah. Because he did it, and then Roger Moore did the whole run, and then Connery came back for one last one. Yeah, but it was a separate thing. Okay, it wasn't the same. Yeah, it was. uh, It was seen as a separate movie. Yeah, which is what I want. Because they both came out the same year. Which is what I want for Idris Elba. I kind of want just like an independent. Don't count it as canon. Just give me a cool story and have Idris Elba play Bond. 
That'd be cool. For one. Yeah. Outside of that. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. There's the thank you're welcome, Sony, for your half a billion dollars I just made you. And also getting we'll every, take 10%. and getting everybody off your back for not casting it yourself. I hope Tom Hardy surprised me. He's short. But I can't I don't know if I can do it with a short bond. You need someone How short is he? I think he's like five eight. You need someone who can be He's tall to me. <laughs> You need someone who can be quite suave. I don't think Tom Hardy can. You see, I he thought, can do the hard man. See, I thought Daniel Craig was the kind of the first in this hard man kind of Bond thing, but they're going even even more that direction. I was after someone more Roger Moore like this time. Mm. I wanted someone a bit suave. I was after what was that? But still able to do it. What was that guy's name from Richard Madden? Is it? He was in uh, Game of Thrones. He was the King of the North. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he was the um, it was the bodyguard they called it on yeah. BBC. Yeah, like he he was hotly tipped, and I yeah. would have been well up for him. Richard Madsen, yep. Richard Madden, something like I think that. It's Madden, I'd have been well up for that. Yeah. Five nine, so still a good yeah. seven inches taller than me. Well, yes, but, but uh... <laughs> like every villain, I mean Dave Batista, if he's still around in that universe, is going to look massive in comparison. <laughs> That's true. He is Madden. He is Madden. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, enough about that one. Let's go for our more unconventional sort of situation here. We're going to go talk about um, Canada's own Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. And not Canada's own Samuel L. Jackson, but we love him, don't we? Everyone loves Samuel L. Jackson. How do you not like Samuel L. Jackson? Uh, I would try and paraphrase, but everything he's ever done has like three swear words in it. So I'm going yeah. to... This isn't any different. This isn't... Okay. We're going to leave that alone. So we are going to go ahead. We are going to eat some delicious food. Yes. Thank you. We are going to watch the film, and we will be back in the blink of an eye for us and the blink of an ear for you. So we will catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. And we are back from watching The Hitman's Bodyguard. How do we all feel about it? I love that movie. Oh, quick apologies. It was Selma Hayek, not Penelope Cruz. I got that wrong. I've only seen it once, but I just remember laughing so much. And I couldn't stop laughing in this (laughs) again. You were laughing. Actually, she was was quite funny. She was quite... We'll we'll definitely get into that, but she was was, was really quite funny. She was. Um, Anybody else just kind of thought... Just overall, kind of not 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 giving it away. I mean, it was it was it was an action movie. It was. It was. Um, it was. I found it enjoyable. Okay. I just, it's like the mixture of humor in it as well. The action and humor. I just love. Samuel L. Jackson's good for that. Yeah. I was Liam. We were in a play. Georgia, you were in this play too. A little while ago. Okay. And uh, I remember being on the day before of a show, and we were kind of, it didn't feel like it was coming together at all. And I, I remember a number of us, um, I'm not sure if you were there, but Liam, I'm pretty sure you were there. And a few of us went over to a local watering hole after the dress rehearsal. And we were sitting there kind of going, is this going to be all right? Yeah, I remember And, and we went yes. with, I kept saying, it's a play of moments, guys. Yeah. It's a play of moments. There's moments that people are really, really going to enjoy in this. And I would refer to this as a movie of moments. Yeah, more so for me than an overall product. I think there's bits and lines and jokes and visual gags and cool shots. Very cool shots. The overall plot of it all, uh, very thin. Very thin. (laughs) Very thin. Very thin. This is not one for you know. I I don't even know what the act structure is. It's just. Let's just, just set them up for some more cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just more action and more jokes. Well, let's start off with it anyway. So we start off with the introduction, and then we have the the Chirons, the 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 credits on the screen, and it's like everything's like X Men. It's all like 
sort of tilted and felt very much like it was out of a well, X-Men movie to me, uh, which is kind of funny because it's got Ryan Reynolds in it. So, you know, it's that kind of universe. And Ryan Reynolds opens it up. And this is our, our little do we know it was a bit of a prologue. And this is like a James Bond or a Kingsman something or other. He mm-hmm. comes off like he's a secret agent spy in this gorgeous, gorgeous house. Mm-hmm. Nice. Lovely. Grabbing, grabbing a gun. Uh, lots of natural light. And there's lots of wipes and split screens and all these things to make it seem like it's seamless but complicated all at once. And then um, we find out through the credits alone that the part of Penelope Cruz will be played by Salma Hayek. That's right. (laughs) Again, I apologize. (laughs) But I only see it once. And then we have what can only be described as London porn because it's like, (laughs) how can we clearly get across this film is not going to be in America? Hang on because we're going to show you everything. So we showed you (laughs) the Millennium Eye, Big Ben, Tower Bridge, the Shard, Bucko Palace. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and it was just, okay, this is clearly London. And there, tell you what, there's a lot of not British people living in the UK these mm. days, according to, you know, this film. And by not British, I mean, obviously, you know, they're American or they're French Canadian in the sense of Ryan Reynolds <laughs> or French or whatever. So my is Mexican, I think. Yes, I believe. She I is. believe so. Yeah. So it's funny for a film that was so heavily situated in England was there an English actor of any sort of significance in this? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, yeah. <laughs> yes, but not playing an Englishman. No. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Um, was there a British character, I should say? Yeah, the third policeman. Yeah, the third, out of the, third policeman. Out, 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 out of the fourth cop car. <laughs> there was, like, nothing in this. No. Uh, there was, sorry, there was the one, and we'll get to one in a moment, that I, I just realized who the highest profile British character is in this film, and I'll, I'll pause on that for a okay. moment if I can. So... Um, and then we get the idea that this is Ryan oh, yes. Reynolds, and yeah. he's delivering his uh, client, Mr. Kurosawa, to the plane. Uh, and he, and there's this glorious like shot of Ryan Reynolds on this blue carpet, and he's been framed by Range Rovers in the front and Mercedes in the next row. So you can tell who paid the most and money. The row after that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking they must be part of the same company. I think Mercedes must own the Range Rover. Do you think? It must be a division of it. It has to be. Mm, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? Because if I'm Mercedes, like, I'm pretty ticked off then by that. Because I don't think Land Rover's... They, they did have more cars. Is it Range Rover or Land Rover? Oh, it was Ran- Range Rover. Range Rover, Range Rover yeah. but the actual company, I don't think it's English anymore, is it? Uh, it wasn't. It's gone into. I believe I remember when it went into foreign ownership. And I think that foreign ownership, I think it is Mercedes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think. I could be wrong. We're, we're, we're getting some check on that. So, And then as this happens, he says, boring is best. Yeah. Which, as far as... You know, catchphrases go, it's boring, but you remembered it, so I guess it's best because yeah. it came back. Simple. I, I guess if you're a if, if you're in protection, I mean, that would make sense. You don't want an eventful trip to the plane. You want everything to go across just as is. Yeah. And then we get this great shot from like a mirror or something inside, and you see um, just everything goes red. And it, <laughs> I'll tell you what, we were eating some some dinner that had elements of red in it while we're watching this film, and I'm just sitting there. It didn't put me off, but <laughs> no. I'm going... Don't look that much different on the screen than what I've got in the bowl in front of me. I like what one of the guys say inside the plane. Which was? <laughs> it looks like a milkshake in there. Like <laughs> and there was a lot of witty, fun dialogue in this. And I wonder how much Reynolds had in control of the script because he's naturally a very funny guy. And Samuel Jackson. Yeah, but Samuel Jackson's type of humor is a different kind of humor. Yeah, but yeah. you can see that Samuel Jackson being Samuel Jackson. Oh, I mean, 
I mean, it wasn't a stretch in any way, shape, or form. It's not like, at least at Kingsman, he'd like put like a lisp on, yeah. like he was trying to do like a Mike Tyson impression or something like this. <laughs> yeah. And this, he's just Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Um, and so um, then we have the Chiron that says, two years later. And how do we know it's been two years? And how do we know that Ryan Reynolds has lost his way? Easy. He's got some stubble and a goatee. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. He's got the same haircut, and but he's downtrodden. But he's got yeah, yeah. Like it's not as as much like they've, they've turned like the sensitivity to light down on the cameras, so it yeah. looks a little less happy and perfect. There doesn't appear to be any link between uh, Range Rover and Mercedes. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. It just going to show you who paid more money. I guess it literally does show you who paid more money. <laughs> Jeez, I thought it looked it was a wonderful looking shot though. It was. It was great. really well framed. Very framed. Yeah. But back to not well so, so well framed, which is Ryan Reynolds in the after effect. And he's peeing while he drives. And you can tell he's in London just because of the side of the car he's on while he's peeing as he drives. And then he goes up and he has to do a mission or a, or a, or a job, I guess, for a Mr. Seifert. And did you know who Mr. Seifert was? Yeah, Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last time I saw him in something, although I've seen him in a bunch of things, the last time I saw him on my screen, he was playing the, like, the main baddie in Logan. Yes, he was. He was. And I think he's yeah. the highest profile British yeah. character yeah. in this film. Even though it's a very brief cameo. Brief cameo. Funny. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> His desk is just like littered with pills and powders <laughs> of various kinds. And this is how far Ryan Reynolds has fallen yeah. now. He, he has to do jobs for this level of client. And this is where we go down to the basement. And just as a quick aside, this is where we get the beginning of Ryan Reynolds is not driving fancy cars in this film. Mm-hmm. So there's this lovely, I don't know what the guy has. I guess it's a Jag or something like that. The guy it could was have. A Rolls Royce, it was a Rolls Royce. It was a custom Rolls Royce. Royce. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so instead he chooses this terrible like mom car and they go out in that and this is where we get the phone call and the flashback which catches us up on what we missed now when you miss something in the middle we call that ellipsis editing okay it skips the extra bits and usually in an ellipsis edit you skip it because it's not important Right, yeah. so you know it wouldn't have been much fun to watch him walk into the building, walk him go up the stairs, no, course, walk yeah. him go down. So we just skip the extraneous information. So we don't think anything of it when he shows up. We're like, you're just skipping the bits I don't that, that weren't important. But then we find out, and this is kind of cool. Like everything we missed was like, whoa, this guy's good. <laughs> yeah. All the kickoffs action bit. And I was impressed with Ryan Reynolds' action star. Yeah, same. I was not because we've seen him in like superhero stuff, but I think there's a limit of eh. Yeah. But like as far as like shaky camera, really quick uh, karate fist punching guns, uh, you know, it's him without a mask, isn't it? So I, yeah, I, I, and I really enjoy. I, I thought it was well done. I think one of the strengths of this film it, it would have to be for how much they did it, but Arby's choreographed fight scenes. Yeah, and I thought Reynolds did better than I was expecting him to do in it. Yeah, he he did definitely, and he looked like he was capable of doing that. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really tough line to walk to be funny and vulnerable and have all and be likable, yeah, yeah. but still be as effective. And then also 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 play like this wounded soul. Like it, yeah. it, it's a tough balancing act, and he did a good job with it. Um, and so we find, and that's where we start hearing the thing: "I'm triple A rated." <laughs> and the guy's like, "I looked you up. You're not triple A rated." And we're like, "Like, I, I just want to see this like." Like, you know, when you go to a hotel and there's like the number of stars outside, yeah. of it. is it like some sort of central website? You can find out which of these people. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, you know, it's like leaving your Uber driver a rating or something like that. Like, nope, not good. Got his last guy killed down a star or triple double A rated now or something like that. And we find out as part of this, they blow up somehow the, the, like the side of the building he lives in blows up. There, there was, was the car. There was a bomb under the car. Oh, yeah. it was a bomb under the yeah. rules. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
And so as a result, uh, it blows up and he goes, that was a custom Rolls Royce. <laughs> and we got a very Deadpool. Oh, I thought it was a custom color. Was it Periwinkle? <laughs> and I'm like, this is very Deadpool. And I think this would be a liability of the film is how close these two guys played mm. to who they were. And the question, I mean, the question can then go. You got two ways of looking at it. Either it's a, it's a, it's a deficit because you're going, okay, the guys are just being themselves, or you can go, look, we know what we want. What we want for this thing. We want to see Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds, and we want to see Samuel Jackson playing exactly. Samuel Jackson. Exactly. And this film gives me that, and that's so, why it works so well. Yeah, in a yeah. weird way, it works so well because of that. And so then we go to Belarus, and not as a friend of mine used to say, Belarus. <laughs> I sit there and go, it's Belarus, man. Stop saying Belarus. Wasn't, it the, wasn't that the music for uh, Torvald and Dean? Belarus? <laughs> Belario. And we meet uh, Gary Oldman here, uh, Commissioner Gordon himself. I always love Gary Oldman. Is president of Belarus at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Former Soviet Union with a former Soviet goatee on his face, so we know he's the bad guy. And he looks really aged. He does. And he's got secret police doing secret police stuff. Yeah. And he says, there's nothing as important as a good education. And it felt like, to me, have you seen Inglorious Bastards, Liam? Yeah, very long while ago. It felt like this was a Diet Coke first scene of Inglorious Bastards thing. Because he's going to sit down with them, and he's going to say, where's your family? And he goes, oh, they're away. Good. There's nothing as important as family. And how's your English? Oh, I know a little bit. And then, like, he reads this, like, perfectly crafted, like, anti-government correspondence. He's obviously sending out. And so he goes, I should kill you, but then you would learn nothing. And so they bring in the wife and the son, who obviously aren't away, as he claimed. And then... um, they sh- he shoots him. At- does he shoot him himself? I think the president shoots him yeah, himself. He does. Yeah, yeah, he does. And we get the close up on the president shooting. We don't obviously cut ever to the children, to the son and the wife dying, no. which is you interesting. Do, In you a- do you see him lower his hand to shoot the son though? Yeah, so he oh, shoots yeah, up yeah. and yeah, then shoots down. down as well. Yeah. And so we get that in the flash in the face, and we get a and we get a reaction cutaway yeah. to the man who they're threatening, but you don't get. We don't um, see a dead child. We don't see a dead child. And I'll say this much. For a film that had no problem showing us a lot of bloodshed, mm-hmm. that's an interesting choice to not show us that. And maybe it's stronger for it. I but don't know. It is because it's not the way the film's going. It's a lighthearted film, not I think the film it, it uses, is mindless violence. I, hear you. I think the film uses you know I mean? violence almost for a comedic purpose largely throughout. Yeah. And that yeah. would, or a lot where you go, oh, yeah. Ooh, really? And I don't uh, think you're doing that if you see the kid no. die. But I'm like, you know, in some alternate universe, this like, a highly educated writer guy is now turning the Kaiser Soze, right? Mm. This is literally what I thought as yeah. we were watching it. I was like, we saw this scene just like if, 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 if he takes the gun himself and shoots the kid, yeah. <laughs> and we've got usual suspects. Uh, and then we actually find, and this is the part that was confusing because now we're at his trial, yeah. the trial of the president, and there was no indicator before that that was a flashback. No. So I really found myself going, what? And now he's on the stand, and now the president's not the president. And I'm going, I, I don't understand what's, what, what's, I don't, I don't see what's happening. No. Because I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting going, I'm really struggling with this. And then we find out that uh, he gives this sort of testimony, and then some lawyer gets up, and I thought I recognized him, but I couldn't place him. And he goes, something like, Oh, I object. This whole thing is obviously based on hearsay. And the judge goes, sustained. And I'm going, wait, what? How is this sustained? 
I, I don't understand. And this is where we get the really bizarre sort of race against time this movie set up was you need to have a witness here by X or he will go free. Not only will he go free, he'll go free. And for some reason, Belarus will just immediately reinstate his powers. Like somehow that's yeah. linked. I don't understand that. I don't, know. I don't think Belarus has much choice. I think the the government in Belarus was shown this to be so corrupt and he has people everywhere yeah. that if he goes free, then they've got no choice. It just seemed weird. That, like like the, the lawyers were like referring to it and the, and the judge was referring to it. And it's like, it's like, you just say he goes free. You wouldn't say, and by the way, he will also become president. It was just some really weird exposition. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just trying to give us extra stakes, wasn't it? Yeah, there, yeah it was. Yeah. There, yes, and there was some, but there was some bad exposition at points yeah. in this film. Um, and so, but we do say when he shoots them, <laughs> And the family dies. He goes, like I said, there's nothing as important as a good education. And I'm like, all right, well done. Well done. I appreciate the payoff on that. And uh, then the news is even going, no one else will come against him. Then he'll be seen free. I'm like, have you ever in all the time watching the news heard like a trial being like literally? Well, they say that if no one comes against him as the trial goes on. I feel like that's more of an American thing Mm. than an English thing. There was a lot of Americanisms in this this court case. I've got a few of them written down here. Considering it was set in England. (laughs) Well, no, no, this is the well, international court. That it, point, was, it was the Netherlands. It? Netherlands. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was oh, yeah, of course it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then it we, actually wasn't, though. Was it None not? of it was filmed in The Hague, no. I'm assuming it was all shot in England. No, no. no. Some of it was done in Amsterdam. Um, and oh, okay. Those are the windmill bits. Yeah, the windmill <laughs> bits. And some of the London stuff is actually filmed in Amsterdam as well because they, oh, wanted <laughs> it. they thought it looked quite nice. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, no, a lot of it wasn't actually done. Actually, you could, you could quite easily shoot most of that. In, in the Netherlands, there's not a whole lot. I mean, you had those big sort of group shots of those external shots of London, but outside of a couple of sky shots, you could probably shoot almost everything else. Yeah. In the Netherlands, they have narrow streets. Yeah, most of it was yeah. done in Amsterdam. All right, fair enough. Cool. Uh, and then we go to Manchester where we meet Kincaid, played by Samuel L. Jackson, and we're at Interpol. And they're trying to get him to testify. And they say, look, and the lawyer's going, I can't do this to my client. He'll never breathe free air again. But as soon as they say Sonia goes free, he signs it. Yeah. And no this cruel. is the cue, the cue for us to go, we need to like Samuel Jackson for minute one. Yeah, because he's a hitman killer, isn't he? So yeah. you need to. But we need to like him. He's yeah, yeah, so yeah. in love with his wife. He's like, Sonia goes free. And he says the whole thing, what? Oh, you're going to release an innocent woman. Well, yeah. Good for you. Um, <laughs> he actually says that's mighty fucking white of you. Yes. <laughs> We used to have some bread over here called Mighty White. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, we're going to go to The Hague to testify. And we meet the new security team that's in place. And this is where we get some lazy exposition where Samuel Jackson goes, everybody knows that every security team that's been put on anybody from the last two years, they've all ended up dead. <laughs> and I'm like, this does not feel like an organic conversation that would take place just before you're about to move him. Like this would have been like in the negotiation stage. Or... Yeah. And so um, he says, give me the car keys and a couple of guns. And I'm <laughs> there. <laughs> but I believe he would be there. <laughs> I think it would be a better shout, yeah. And then we find out he's got 27 hours to be transported. And I'm like, it's a really strange location to give the specifics of things mm. like this. But we go, okay, here's our race against time, 27 hours. I think perhaps it's done in a strange location because they're so pressed for time, they don't have time to explain anything in advance. And it's like, do it as you go. You could have done a walk and talk and done it like as you're walking down, or you could have been briefed by yeah. someone. You wouldn't yeah. everybody like everybody gather around. We're gonna go over the plot for the film. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then we go to the transport. 
And this felt like a commentary track. Like, they just went ahead and said to Samuel Jackson, just commentate what's going on, would you? Yeah, yeah, just, just get everybody on. up to speed. Because <laughs> some of them start looking really nervous, and he goes, don't worry, if it's meant for you, you don't hear that shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we see the explosion, and we get that cool thing. And I do like it. It's used all the time, but I still like it when there's a big explosion, and we get a point of view shot from the guy who's just waking up, and his sight is blurry, or there's like shallow depth of field, and there's a ringing in the ears, so we don't hear what's going yeah. on that well. I just always like that as a technique. I think it's good. Because it kind of gets you in there and with it, doesn't it? Yes. And it helps you identify, and we need to identify with Samuel Jackson very early if we want to get on board with this. Of course, yeah. And so. Um, as luck would have it, the keys for like his cell and his handcuffs I don't like land bit. right beside him. And this is <sighs> done in, uh, I mean, it's done in Pirates of the Caribbean. Again, it's yeah. done in. Tongue in cheek, isn't it? The it, whole film is tongue in cheek. Because we need to get him out of the car. Yeah, and yeah. It's a lot, I guess as far as that goes, it's, it's a better way than uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. out. It's really hard to get him out of there without making it look cheesy. So they, they wrote themselves out of it, I guess. And like you said, through the film, you know, you just got roll with what life throws at you. <laughs> yes. And there's lots of blood. And um, the door is pulled off the back because he's telling, what was the girlfriend's name here? Amelia. Amelia. And they tell Amelia, he says, get get back away, get back away. Basically, they're going to pull the door off. I'm going to get us some cover. And so they open the door and there's all this smoke. For some reason, there's all this smoke. I guess mm. I, I guess they burned off. Yeah, they did. The side. I still don't know if it has that much smoke. It's a lot of smoke. Yeah. Now, rather than go, look, we're already making a big scene in the middle of Manchester anyway. We can shoot into a smoky van. <laughs> they go, no, no, we need to wait until the smoke clears, <laughs> which allows Samuel Jackson to walk out of the smoke like some sort of badass wrestling entrance with a gun in which hand and just lays waste to everybody. But in the process, he does get shot in the leg. He does. Which is going to be important. One of the one of the nice little scenes here is when he um, he's shooting people left, right, and center, and then he just... Swings his gun down and round, like behind him, without even looking and starts shooting. The Joker does something very similar, <laughs> he does, yeah. doesn't he? In the crash scene, yeah. In, in Dark Knight, another Gary Oldman film. And so uh, yeah. I was like, I wonder if there's a little bit of that in that. Yeah. I saw a lot of references to other things in this one. I was going to say, it wouldn't surprise me because I've got a couple of little Did? trivia bits that okay. would suggest that they were putting oh, in nice. little bits like that. Feel free to jump in whenever. I will, I okay. will. And so. Um, then he goes, oh, so at this point, I think I'm being really clever. I'm, I wrote down in my notes. I'm calling it now. Amelia's the bad guy. She's the mole. <laughs> I, I, I said the same thing because the way the camera just focuses on her. Yeah. And the way she's looking. And she's the one who gets away. Everybody yeah. else dies except for her yeah. and him. Yeah. I said the same thing the first time around. Yeah. It been, might have been a more interesting movie if she was, but yeah. I'm glad she wasn't. <laughs> yeah. For the type of movie they chose for it to be. Yeah. 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 And so he says, because she wants to shoot him, because now he's cuffless, right? And he goes to walk away, and he says, look, shoot me or watch me bleed out. But basically, I need, I'm not coming back to you. I need to, I need to get where we're going to go here. And says, oh, there's a safe house around here. And I'm like, why is there a safe house? Like, on the way to the supposedly super, like, you're not going to mess with this mission. Yeah, but they have safe, safe houses, houses in everywhere. cities anyway. Yeah. That wouldn't, It wouldn't matter about that particular mission. And Samuel Jackson has to tell her it's an inside job. You know this was an inside job, right? We need someone who's out of the loop. And then we smash cut to Deadpool, who's definitely not in the loop. Nope. Um, and so... Um, the phone comes up and clearly she picks up the phone and then we see the ring on the other side and it says pure evil. <laughs> yeah. It's very Ryan Reynolds, isn't it? It is. And she threatens to take away his side job by exposing his little bootleg protection agency job. 
to Interpol, and that will get him in trouble because he's helping aid and abed these people who shouldn't be, well, criminals, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, there's that. And then he talks about, he's, he's on the phone because he's trying to get his car fixed. And his car, as we find out, smells like ass, as he said. <laughs> because like, it's not leather, it's cloth. Yes, it's cloth. And he says, <laughs> yeah. you know how hard it is to get that stuff out of cloth? And he goes, just burn it. Burn the car. And then a really clever thing is we cut to a car burning yeah. back in Manchester that from where everything went down. Clever. And there were some really cool transitions throughout this film where they thought about where they were pivoting yeah. and swapping. And so we do that. And then we go to Amsterdam. And we meet Kincaid's wife, and is played by Salma Hayek, yes. not the advertised not Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. <laughs> Again, and apologies. I'll tell you what. I thought if you're going to have Salma Hayek do like a Samuel L. Jackson impression, I was well up for this. Absolutely. I really enjoyed Salma Hayek. She in this was film. brilliant. She was great. She had just pockets, like basically yeah, she had yeah. like one, one costume for the main timeline. Yeah, and then a couple other things, but it just was like I can't imagine she was on set for too long. But she made the most of her time, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Just the fact that she stood there doing yoga most of the time while screaming profanities. Was that yoga? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 she's doing a tree pose. It oh, really geez. makes me happy. Um, and so uh, he's phoning her. By he, I mean Kincaid. Samuel Jackson's phoning his wife under the guise of it's your lawyer. Yeah. And she's like yelling at him as he's extracting like bullets from inside of his leg. And he's, not, and he's not giving anything away. No. He's just like, and she finally she realizes something wrong. And he goes, no, no, everything's fine, baby. And she's like, we'll do it. And so he sings a song. And it was this really weird, like, they're so volatile. Yeah. Especially so her. up and down. Especially yeah. her. Like, Samuel Jackson's just smitten. Yeah. He's the guy who's just in love. But she's like. And he doesn't really change. No. It, no matter what situations he's in, he's quite cool, calm, collected, yep. happy, funny. Yep. You know. Um. But she's a fiery Latina. Yeah, she yeah, is yeah. the stereotype. Uh, but like dialed up to like not even eleven, like to twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but then like he sings the song, and she's like, oh, and then it gets cut off, and then she like goes nuts, and you like cut to the, the the police officers, the jail guards outside, and they're like scared of her. What's really nice is you know she does this thing where she starts smashing the phone, doesn't she? Yeah, against the the phone box, and then she spits and kicks it away. Yeah, and then she says to the lady in the corner, doesn't she? Um, don't turn around because the whole time there's this lady in a corner who's been like her like, cellmate, her cellmate yeah. who like has to watch the corner and not only that but like when she starts like hitting this like phone box like she starts like crying and then being told I didn't say you could turn around <laughs> this lady was great and I love the bit later on where she's like you can have a five minute break now well, yeah. when she cries doesn't she also like like, like, like a nervous fart yeah, yeah. oh I missed yeah. that yeah no that's so funny and this is where the rom-com of the movie begins because um, the rom-com like is in the crow or yes yes yeah. because Ryan Reynolds uh, also called Bryce I really had a hard time to care I, Kincaid I thought was a great name it Bryce name. I thought was a bad name yeah why is your so, surname so I'm just I know but still that's probably so Bryce is like a lame first name. It's not even a good surname. No. Sorry for any Bryce's out there. Yeah. Um, but pure evil and Deadpool flirt while they exchange pleasantries, <laughs> right? And so then we have the backstory, and it's like, I trusted you, and you're the only person I've ever given up the name of a client, and then he died. And I thought this is a really tenuous thing to Keep going on hinge this whole yeah. conflict on, yeah. was this one thing. Um, and so she says to him, I never used you. I just left you pause because you couldn't forgive me for something I didn't do. Mm. Mike, it's a good line. 
It is a very good line. I do, I do quite appreciate the fact that it wasn't, they didn't, they clearly didn't just break up because of the incident. It was his behaviour afterwards mm-hmm. that causes her to leave. And I, well, I appreciate that. I imagine Ryan Reynolds would be the kind of guy who would try to do what he thinks is the right thing. And it would niggle at him and niggle at him and niggle at him. And they'd have the fight and say, okay, I'm over. And he'd have the fight and he'd say, okay. And it would keep coming up. But like with the rest of the film, when you see him in it, he always has to have the last word. He does. You know? He does. So you can imagine him in the relationship having the last word. And so this is where we get the reveal. Because up until this point, he doesn't know why he's there. And Samuel Jackson doesn't know who's coming to get him. And when they see it's each other, they embark on this hand-to-hand fight to the death. But you don't see anything at the beginning to see that they know each other. Well, no, because I I guess it's a long story history. I guess everybody he's protecting, Kincaid is trying to kill. I guess, but since Kincaid tried to kill him 28 times? Yeah. In which case, he's a really rubbish hitman. Yeah. Because he, he clipped him once on the shoulder. Well, no, I think it just proves that Ryan Reynolds is a really good bodyguard as well. I think they, they, they're equals in their field. That's what makes... You, you, know, what I, yes. you know what I could... I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but you know what I could have used then? Mm. A montage of times where they were close. Yeah. Times when Reynolds saw him and did something to shake him. Yeah. Yeah. Because we just got one. One of the 28. Yeah. That, like, he clips him. And I'm like, I, I wouldn't... I, wouldn't take it any more time. Well, I mean, some, but it, it wouldn't have been that much more to just put in a little montage. Here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. Um, and so then, and Samuel Jackson is like beating him. And as a desperation move, uh, Bryce kicks Kincaid's wounded leg and forces him to bleed out and pass out. Which is if he doesn't, he's dead. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Kincaid's going to shoot him. And then we go to Gary Oldman and this turncoat, who's the assistant director of Interpol. Mm-hmm. And he says, look, I got, I got you as ready as you could get. And you still couldn't take care of him. Uh, I want to be, be paid. Oh, it was Jean, was it? Jean. Jean. And um, the pen is mightier than the sword as Gary Oldman like plunges this pen into his hand and says, when Kincaid's dead, then you'll get paid. And I guess this is kind of our motivation for the... For, for Interpol being in on it, but also it gives us the ability to know more than the characters. Mm. So when, when he shows up, we know to be worried, to be scared, to be all those things. Thing is, though, Jean is the guy on the inside who's given him the information. Why would you stab him in the hand? Because if that was me and my personality, I'd go, right, that's it, I'm done, I'm out of here. Because it's a lot of money he's getting. Because yeah. just, what do you mean, the guy who got stabbed or the guy yeah, who does yeah, the, the stabbing? Guy who got the stabbed. I assume he's been promised a whole ton of money. Also, they'll probably just kill him if he then stops. Or expose him. Yeah. Mm. Too much too much skin in the game, so to speak. Um, and so uh, this is where we find out that Reynolds has tried uh, as Reynolds. Why do I have Reynolds? <laughs> it's where Kincaid has tried to kill Bryce 28 times. But just before this happens, <laughs> Samuel Jackson's unconscious. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds is just like flinging cards at him. No, I'm sure he can be twenty-seven. And he goes, "No, oh, twenty-eight. And he throws the rest of a deck at him. He throws it right at his head. Yeah. It's so good. And, and the best bit is, I'd like to think because obviously he's not really knocked out in real life, is he? He's just yeah. laying there. I'd like to think that Ryan Reynolds was going, well, "I'm going to put you off. Or, or, I'm going to make a move." Or how, how many times is he like fouling up, <laughs> yeah. fouling up the scene so he has to go back and do it again? <laughs> And then he gets all the cards done, he just throw them in his face. And this is where we get the promise from Amelia that if he, uh, Ryan Reynolds helps out, then she'll get him back to triple A elite status. How about happens? She goes, I have connections. And that's good yeah. enough. That just explains yeah, it away. Yeah, silly. Interpol can influence the rating system yeah. of underground protection agencies. <laughs> 
Uh, but she promised, and we'll never have to see each other again. And I'm like, okay, I've seen enough rom-coms to know exactly what we're in, in line for here, but okay, yeah. film. And I thought... Tell me what you think here. Now, I know the I know for the sake of the movie, we have to put Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson together, just the two of them, as much as we can. Yeah. I thought the film missed something when you took her out of this equation. I thought yeah. if you had the two of them and she's there as an intermediary with all the stuff yeah. going on, you could have done a lot with that. You'll and like the sequel then. If there's a sequel, I would hope that they would. It's literally called The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. Cool. Oh, <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is those two right now. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dynamic I could actually really get yes. on board with. Because I felt, because she, also she's someone I didn't know. Yeah. And so as a result, her character gets to play off both of them and play one against the other as it suits her. Yeah. That could have been fun. Um, and so then we find out uh, in the safe house that both Interpol and the baddies have figured out where it is. Mm-hmm. And Kincaid is being walked down by Bryce. And says, let me go. It's the same thing we saw before with Richard E. Grant. I go around doors first, then you follow. And Kincaid's just like a naughty school child going, <laughs> oh, okay, all right. And he just walks out and shoots everybody and goes, oh, thank God you're here. I wouldn't have got down without you. But the problem is, like, he's like, yeah, but already downstairs knows. So they have to run to the roof. And there's this gap between the two buildings. And Samuel L. Jackson goes, okay, so we have to jump. And there's this like dumpster with garbage bags at the bottom of it. He goes, we can't do that. And Samuel Jackson jumps and, like, tries to grab this piece of <laughs> scaffolding and just, like, bites it and, like, hits his face. And the whole time he's just ad-libbing, like, Samuel Jackson swear words as he falls and down. And he falls down into the And he finally lands. And he's like, look. I, I, and so, of course, um, Bryce, you know, just manages to, like, boringly kind of scale down because he's still, like, in really good shape Which is the way smart. you would do. Yeah. <laughs> but Samuel Jackson's like, I didn't even have to. I didn't even have to do that. And you, look, 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 I'm fine. It's like, dude, you would have been concussed <laughs> you, from that. You would so bad. If like, I was, I was, it's a good thing that he found another way down because I'm like, there's no. If Bryce has to jump on top of him, like Kincaid's dead. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Just thump, broken neck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like garbage bags are great, but they're not like you know yeah. protective bubbles. No. Um, and so then they break into the crap car. As is his want, and off they go. And this is where we've got some bonding, and we find out how Kincaid was busted. And I'll tell you what, this film loved a flashback. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Did it ever love a flashback? I almost want to like put like a flashback of like earlier, like, earlier in the episode. I do like, I do like the boy. flashbacks though. But do you think they were doing it just because they go, "Oh, we got this far in a film. Oh, we didn't explain that. Okay, we'll go back." <laughs> uh, I think there's a whole lot of just explain. <laughs> some, we need some exposition. At least the yeah, flashback yeah. is less lazy. Yeah. But man, did they love a flashback in this? I just like to point out. Um, I was wrong. Ellie pointed it out to me. Um, it's not the hitman's bodyguard's wife. It's the hitman's wife's bodyguard. Oh, so it's Salma Hayek. So Salma Hayek. It's Salma Hayek. I'm not sure. Oh. Unless you can get the other girl in there as well, and it's like a four pack. I want like Amelia back. Oh, see, uh, I thought she was really fun. She, I thought so too. Let's le- well, let's table that. We'll see if anything comes up. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then we find out how Kincaid was busted. And he was busted because he got a phone call that said his wife was in surgery or something back in Mexico. And that's his weakness. So he breaks out, goes right back to his to his wife's hospital room, and there's like twenty eight agents waiting yeah. to bust him. And so. Then we have a flashback to Kincaid, and he was trying to kill. Oh, this is where he wings him the one time he gets him. Yeah. And the rock moves. And not Dwayne Johnson, but. Funny you say that because that's the first thing I thought. Yeah. You're welcome. And then 
Um, and then there's a bit of a sing-off. They decide they're going to go out for Britain's Got Talent or something <laughs> like this. Because Samuel Jackson, and I think this is just an ad-libby kind of song he's coming up with. I didn't recognize it. But it's life is a highway. Nobody yeah, gets he was, out alive. Yeah. It's bumpy and dirty <laughs> and it winds all over the place. And I'm yeah, like, making up is going on. Doesn't really sound like a highway. No. Highways are pretty straight by, yeah. by, by, by their nature, but okay. And then. <laughs> But in response, because I think he tries to turn the stereo on and it doesn't work or something yeah. like that. And so he responds by like fighting back with probably the most yuppie song he could think of, which is Ace of Bases. I saw the sign. <laughs> it opened up my eyes. And so they basically just go back and forth. And that's a nice moment. I mean, this is going to be a fun. It's going to be a lot of conflict yeah. on these guys on every level. You have old. You have young. You have black. You have white. You yeah. have um, boring. You have exciting. You have criminal. You have um, protector, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. And you have Hitman who takes life, and you have Bodyguard who protects, protects life. life yeah. And so there's this guy called Jean-Claude Levi Strauss. Look at me dropping some more theory. <laughs> and Jean-Claude Levi Strauss believes that narrative in basic is uh, propelled forward by conflict between two opposites. Yeah. And so it's only once these the, the conflict is ended that your movie or your story is finished. And so you kind of had that on like a million levels in this film mm-hmm. where they went, how, you know, what different versions can we put together and we go okay we'll, we'll go ahead and, and sort of tackle this and then once they finally start getting along it's that's pretty much the end of your film yeah it's kind of just the way it naturally goes because the right the, the setup the, the whole get to ho- the hog is just the hague the hague the hog okay the hague. the hague that's just your setup for making these two spend time together i mean yeah. really the movie's about how, how can these two get on and can we get them on the same page so i was just having a quick look um the song nobody gets out alive which samuel yep. L. jackson riffs in the car they have recorded a full version of but it's from that film. It is from that okay. film, and it is by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> but cool. they have recorded Brilliant. a full version. Outstanding. Um, I guess that if you came up with it, you want to make sure no one can use it for anything else. So yeah, you go exactly. ahead and yeah. you, you, you take care of it. Uh, and then we find out that Mrs. Kincaid is interrogated by Interpol, and she swears more than Samuel L. Jackson does yeah, here. Yes, she does. And she talks about we here. You got a phone call from your lawyer, which was the um, sort of cover story for why her husband was phoning her. Yeah, that's right. And she goes. When we talked to your lawyer, he said he didn't phone you. And she goes, oh, he's an alcoholic. And he said some really inappropriate things to me you shouldn't say <laughs> about, you know, he told me about his wife's backside and what he likes to do. to it, And that's no place for a children's toy. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she says that Kincaid is a cucaracha. A cucaracha. Yep. Cucaracha. Says, before you go, there's just one more thing. And then they kind of like lean in. <laughs> and she just goes off and like swears at him some more. Brilliant. And I'm like. Something about them mother's wives being whores, I believe it was. Sure. <laughs> and it was just, um, I think she must have had a lot of fun doing that role. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it looks like fun. Uh, and then we find out that Kincaid needs a piss. <laughs> so he's offered the bottle. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, I don't know about you, but I, I basically, he says his it's anatomy so his anatomy doesn't really work with the size of the opening <laughs> for the bottle. It's the yeah. politest way I can put it. Yeah. But it's about the second reference. Because also we, we the idea that he's wearing Ryan Reynolds' clothes. Yeah. And he's wearing his underwear as well. And yeah. he, he also implies that his anatomy is too large for the underwear he's been given. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so as he goes outside, uh, he tries to, 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 to give Ryan Reynolds Bryce the slip. By pretending he's taking a leak, and then he fi- Bryce finds out it's fake, rushes out, and then Samuel Jackson tries to get in the car while it's empty and start it, but gets caught instantly. And this is where the bad guys show up, and they start firing, 
And this kind of continues the concept throughout where everything's always going to be a competition between these two. Oh, yeah. And they say, you take the one at 11 o'clock, I'll take the one at 1 o'clock, and whoever's left over can take the one at midnight because there's three of them. <laughs> yeah. And they go, okay, we shoot on three. One, and then like Samuel Jackson gets up and kills all three guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, so you just see that three. coming. And he's like, yeah. Basically, yeah, you're, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> so in the process of this gunfight, now the car starts catching on fire. Yeah. And it blows up. And then they're sitting there arguing with each other. And then, like, all these fireworks go off in the back of the car. And then you find out these are the guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I needed that explained to me. Because I was like, what? No, I picked up on that quite quickly. Oh, I didn't get that was the guns at all. I'm like, why do they... What They stole a car but just happened to have fireworks in the back of it? <laughs> no, I didn't get that either. That's yeah, I didn't I get it. Happened. Yeah, you you do see Ryan Reynolds put that back. Well, I mean, guns I'm, in the back. I'm sure you do, but I just yeah. forgot about it. Oh, so when okay. so like things that look like fireworks <laughs> went off, I went, that seems like an awfully strange detail to have. Two things contain gunpowder. Yeah, I guess so. I, 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 I hadn't thought about it. And so uh, they go, well, at least there's the bad guy's van. And so the bad guy's van kind of is in the shot. And then as soon as they say that, like one of the, the sparks from like the guns yeah. blowing up hits the van and the van blows up. And you're just going... Okay, that's uh, that's kind of that, I guess. And so this is the end of like things are going really, really badly for these two. And then the next thing you know, we go to a pasture, and Samuel Jackson decides he's going to be the love hitman. He's going to be Cupid. He's the Cupid's not the only guy who's going to bow and arrow or with shooting things, and he's going to try and get Ryan Reynolds to admit he's in love. And this is where we have a flashback to how he meets. Mrs. Kincaid, whose name escapes me. It's not Amelia. It's Sonia. Sonia. Sonia that's it. Uh, Sonia. And so it's the idea that there's she's getting like sexually, at the very least, harassed, if not flat out assaulted, yes. by these male characters uh, in this flashback. And she just goes like nuts and kills them all. Yeah, and he just sits and watches. He sits and watches. <laughs> but the whole time we get this. Hello, is it me, me you're looking for? And this mixture of like a song but doesn't match what you see on the screen. It's great. It's called Incongruent Sound. And is it, it was I used it. so often in this film. And it didn't it's get great. old. They no. did just enough. Yeah. And it was always these overly romanticized songs too. It was for the, the most right part. song choices, I think. Because if you did use the wrong one. And ones, they were cheesy love yeah. songs too. And you had it all in slow motion as well. Yeah. Like this big bar fight. <laughs> and then he goes, something along the line. And it's, I mean, this felt very Deadpool too. Yeah, the whole, whole thing, thing felt Deadpool too. And then we had this whole idea, like, is that moment I knew that I was in love. But as they do this, they shoot to, like, a point of view shot from, like, Samuel Jackson's, like, eyes, and it's just a cleavage shot. Yeah. It's all it is. Then he pans up and realizes she is a face. But in that moment, we just get, like, a face <laughs> full of cleavage. And uh, that kind of reminded us, and we talked a little bit about these sort of shots last week and things like that. And then they cut out of it, and Ryan Rose just goes, Wow. Sounds like she's going to make a really good mother. <laughs> <laughs> the best and as this happens, they need to find a way to get across to, to Amsterdam. They've been in England long enough now. And so they happen across this van of nuns. Oh, And for brilliant. some reason, the nuns just love Samuel Jackson. Because he's happy-go-lucky. He is happy. He's not miserable. And he's joining in with the songs. Was it, see, here's my problem. Was it Bryce's character that he was supposed to be the boring one of the two? I know he's as boring as best, but yeah. he's funny and zingy and good at his... Like, did he really come across as the boring one? Out of the two of them. When the, when the, script, when the script needs them to be. Yeah, but also, but, he gets in the van swearing and... Yeah, but by going like, wow, so she's going to be a really good mother, that's not what a boring character does. No, he's no, too no, funny no. to be the boring one. Yeah. So the 
the singing in the nun van. Yes. Um, it's an Italian 19th century drinking song that the nuns oh, are singing it? with Samuel L. Jackson. That was a... I, mean, I love it. My, my, my whole internal logic of the universe aside, um, that was a really fun scene. It was. And Samuel Jackson's clapping along and dancing and he's like flirting with them. Whose lap do I get to sit on? <laughs> Which I needed like repeated like three times because I didn't catch it. But it was really, really funny and like they, they just hate Ryan Reynolds despite the fact that he's the guy who preserves life yeah. and they love Samuel Jackson despite the fact that he's the one who takes life because they don't know this. But the thing I didn't get is why does Samuel Jackson love Nunn so much? Because he was totally at home there. And we don't find that to get paid off until later in the film. Exactly, yeah. And I hadn't thought about that link until just now, actually. But it's a really interesting yeah. one. Is this the bit where the... No, this isn't the bit where they're in the flashback of it being Samuel. I don't know what the flashback this was is here. the bit about his um, first killing. Oh, so this so is the they, bit about the first yeah, killing. Okay. So they have the conversation first where... Um, Samuel L. Jackson asks him, right, which is more right, wicked, right. he who kills evil motherfuckers or he who protects them? Mm-hmm. As we've all wondered aloud. <laughs> and, the, and then it goes into his, his first killing. We just creature. reviewed Not Robin Hood. The guy who killed the creature. We just reviewed Robin Hood on Talking to Mickey, and little John asks, are we good guys or bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a bit of this. Yeah. <laughs> They're going, you know, which one of us is the bad guy here? Is it the guy Both who does you. bad things, the guy who protects guys who do even worse things? Mm, and yeah. so R- Ryan Reynolds goes, well, I don't choose between life and death in my job. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. I just preserve life. And that's kind of, he kind of gets away in his own head on this moral stance. Just tell me about, about your first hit. And we find out the first hit was it was, it was a revenge kill, actually. It wasn't mm-hmm. a hit because a hit's a paid gig. Yeah. But the first person he killed, uh, this guy shows up at a, um, at a church, a small country church, and kills the preacher just because he can. Yeah, and displays him on the altar of his own church. Like, really makes this just. And also, I mean, let, let's take in the secondary sort of factors here. It was we we have a white, kind of um, southern looking kind of gentleman, and he's going into a black church yeah. and with a crowbar. With with a yeah. crowbar, and there is a lot. There's a long history of um, white violence on black churches. Yeah, and so we have that whole subtext in there as well. And especially when you're going to kill in such an inhumane fashion. Yeah. And so we find out that the next, you know, uh, what, what is it said? Uh, the, vengeance is the Lord's and it's the Lord's vengeance to take. And he goes, I wasn't prepared to wait that long. Exactly. And we cut to the gun in the back of the head and then a shot from outside the car as, as the gun goes Which off. Is clever. I love it. I like as far, as far as the flashbacks went, and there's a lot of them, but and I got my issue with some of them, but I, I really like this one. Mm. Especially when it gets paid off Cause later. It, cause it, yeah, because well, I'd already made the connection. Oh, I hadn't. Oh, okay. I hadn't. Before when I watched it before, I made that connection. Yeah. And so now we go back to Amsterdam and they've made it to the safe house. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds can't remember the combination of his own lock. He should have figured how to get in. He's doing like this monologue about all the steps he's going to have to do in order to get in. And, and he's then, saying about how, how protected it is and how you can't get in. And, and then Samuel Jackson, like, opens the door from the other side. And the great part is because he's been out of the shot. We just think he's just standing there listening to this. And he's drinking a beer as well. Yeah. <laughs> so he's had no time to go in, help himself to a beer, and then casually open the door. Yeah. Trying to explain how, um, like, it's like Fort Knox. And so then we cut to The Hague again, and we find out four hours to go, and they want the testimony of everybody. Oh, because they're like, when Kincaid shows up? And the lawyer's like, I already want his testimony stricken from the record. <laughs> and they think about it and they go, no, but she thinks about it. I'm like, this is the worst trial ever. Crazy. Like, how does anybody ever get convicted in this place? And the answer is they don't. No. Um, and so Ryan Reynolds, under the advice of Kincaid, reaches out, grabs a phone, phones Amelia, and says, I forgive Give you. you. <laughs> 
for that thing you didn't do. And everyone knows oh. this is not going to go well. I've got it in my notes. doesn't go well. No. <laughs> you just know it's not. I do like that Ryan Reynolds, ever the optimist, goes, hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. And Kincaid goes to have a shower. And uh, at this point, Reynolds has the bad phone call and then finds out Kincaid's given him the slip. Yeah. And they hang around Amsterdam a bit, and he buys. You got to give a couple of optimism. Kincaid feels if he buys a hat that just says Amsterdam all over it, now he's in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about as much disguise he's going to have. But I'm going to grab this like 30 pound like vase of tulips. Yeah. And I'm going to walk around with that because that won't draw any attention to myself. <laughs> And so he's going, and he's going to see his wife. And she'd mentioned earlier in one of their conversations that tulips are her favorite. Yeah. And so, meanwhile, Ryan Reynolds just shows up, and he looks like he is in a Hugo Boss advert. He does. He is a good-looking man in the scene. That opening suit shot as well, right yeah. at the beginning of the film, and this one. Oh, he my looks word. so good. He looks so good. I thought you say he's a good-looking man in this scene. Like He's a good-looking man a, all of the time. He's an especially good-looking man in this scene. There's something about a man in a good suit, <laughs> There's though. something about there going. Is, yeah. I've been watching Ryan Reynolds for like an hour at this point, and then that shot happens, and I go, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Like, 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 I should be numb to him by now. Like, yeah, I should be yeah. used to it, right? And I was just like, Wow. You are wow! On, on behalf of my country, well done. He scrubs up good. That's my own Wilson. Wow! Wow! <laughs> and that um, was full of stat. There we go. <laughs> wow! And so, um, and there's a great bit where, so he's walking by he, I mean Kincaid is walking to visit his wife, and then as each of the bad guys get up to like hit him, like out of the frame, you just see them getting grabbed and like thrown into the bushes. Yeah. And the last one, we do actually see the camera lingers, and we see. And it looks like if I was trying to think, if you saw this in the street, would you? And I, it, it's it's so yeah. it's so smooth, so good that it doesn't look violent. No, and I love the fact that Kincaid knows this is all going on. We pay that off later. Yeah, thanks a yeah. lot for that. Yeah, and it's like, well, what would happen then? You know, yeah, you knew, but what? Do you just let yourself get shot in the back of the head, or what was the plan? Because these guys aren't under orders to like bring him in. No, these guys are orders to kill him. Yeah. He obviously had the confidence there's, in his bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little Easter egg in this scene that we've just gone about. Apparently, um, whilst this is going on, one of the extras is wearing uh, Logan's jacket from X-Men. Wow. Which obviously is a film that Ryan Reynolds was in. So one of the extras is wearing that through the scene. That's cool. A similar coat or actually his coat? This says the actual one, but whether that's, that's true right. or oh, not, or whether okay. it is just a replica. That'd but be, yeah, That'd be strange to have an extra. Yeah. That'd be I'd keep it. I'd keep the jacket. I think I think Reynolds must have had it and yeah. just said yeah. aware of us because he's always messing with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he is. Isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we end up. Then he 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 puts the flowers. Now, what did he do? Did he put them on like a windowsill across from where his wife's yeah, room? Like a ledge tower. on a church. Yeah. 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 Clock and tower or something. Because we saw yeah. it. I couldn't, I couldn't clock it. <laughs> when, when she looked outside, I was looking for them and couldn't oh, there, see them. Yeah. You saw, okay. I assume they were because she yeah, smiles. Yeah. It was slightly to her left. Now, granted, you don't want like a giant arrow that points down no. and goes. You don't want him here. waving, do you? No. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Hello. Is it me you're, you're looking, looking for? <laughs> so then uh, we find out in, in a parking garage, Kincaid is the one who shot Kurosawa. And he goes, I, which this must be, it must be like five people in the underground ring of like, you know, the yeah. world. Cause it seems like he's everywhere. And he says, look, you know, it was my lucky day. I doubled my pay and that, that, that a hundred to one shot. And so that's it. Now, um, 
Bryce is handling this with the maturity that we would expect, I guess, to this point. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Not taking it well. And there's a great line where he goes, I don't need you. You're as useful as a condom in a convent. I love that line. <laughs> Which, given that we've just had the scene with all the nuns, feels oddly timed. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. Um, I don't think I've heard that one before. No, no, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard condom at a baby shower, I've heard but things, not. I've heard yeah, things yeah, along yeah. that line, yeah. I like yeah. that too. Um, and then there's another shootout, and this is, and this is a hell of a scene. Actually, I was quite kind of, oh, it's another shootout. But actually, this was the big one, I think, in the film. At if I had to sort of, rank I love them. all the camera angles in this. Uh, this the, the the best part for me is the first part of it because Ryan Reynolds is there just bitching to the to the bartender this about all brilliant. the things. He, I've yeah. looked at every angle, and meanwhile, like you can hear, like the gunshots are happening. It's like I hope he kills him. I hope they get him. <laughs> He's not even flinching. He's not flinching. Like the, the, the bartender's like getting down behind the bar, and people were like scurrying, and he's just like there was drink going. I, no, I don't care. I don't know if you noticed, but you know when the car plows through. Loved that. Did you see Ryan Reynolds kind of look to the side and kind of nearly flinch? Oh no, no, I didn't see that. He, it was like, yeah, that was real. <laughs> I was really impressed though how close that gets, and then he's like, okay, fine, I'll go yeah, and get yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and so I've said there's a great shot when the truck goes whizzing by, and then we have the car, boat, motorcycle chase. Oh, this is brilliant. Which very Bond esque. It, it was very Bond, wasn't it? it was they even used one of the stunts. We want all the toys. Which one was this? This one where they go through the boat, where the people are in the the little boat. Yeah, and, and then they of, then he goes right and the motorcycle and break it. Oh, so the, the boat goes in half. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. He sort of flies over. And the score in this is like if you took the score from Austin Powers and like mixed it up with the score from Snatch, you'd kind of have what the music was doing <laughs> in the background here. Yeah. It was so weird. <laughs> Strange. I was like, this is so odd. And so, and the benefit of this is had some really, really great stunts. Oh, beautiful! Um, and Ryan Reynolds is doing all this for sure. In of a, course, in a motorcycle. No, so they put a motorcycle. He's not Tom Cruise, is he? On Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> and so there's not even a fraction of a chance that Ryan Reynolds is doing these stunts. No. I know we've established him as safety first, but he's not just wearing like a helmet. He's wearing a helmet with like a blackout visor. Yeah, yeah. Like we are not letting you look inside this to see no. who it is. It's so a she, good body double, though. It's a guy in a suit wearing. Well, I don't know. It's a guy in a suit wearing a helmet. Well, no, it might not be a good face double but like the body positioning and everything like that that is quite a seamless transition i don't think i noticed a difference between people. it didn't it didn't have any so my, my, my typical I- issue in any sort of car chase is no one shoots the tires no they don't just try just try we all know they're a good shot so yeah like that should have been over that should have been over so much quicker <laughs> but it's like i mean i was listening to 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 a podcast today and the thing is like like sword fight scenes like you don't want a realistic sword fight scene because i'd be over in like eight seconds mm-hmm. you want you want the, the journey of it all you want me and liam fighting on a stage that's, <laughs> what, you want. that's what you need exactly and so you talked about shooting tires in the last i think it was in speed did i um yeah, and yeah it was liam well, shoot the tires yeah. oh okay the last, yeah. um, tires. So that was like at the start of speed and then all the way through this when we were watching the car chases i was like why are they shooting the tires <laughs> I've never thought about it before. And so they ruin a Hindu, which I thought was quite funny, actually. Yeah. And there was like a little romantic couple on the river. <laughs> What's the river in Amsterdam called? Anybody know? Mm, no. Uh, I can't remember. There we go. So, uh, and they sort is, of split this river, boat into, I have no idea. And so, and at the last second, Reynolds kind of helps save, because he's, he's going to get hit. There's a guy with like a super scope on the gun. He's going to make sure he gets Kincaid. And Reynolds takes the motorcycle, jumps off of on, the side onto on, this boat that has yeah. a roof on it. You see it from glass from, roof, and you see it from like the the passenger's perspective, which is really <laughs> which cool. Is great, and felt very Bond. Yeah, and then he goes off that and sort of jumps off that and like takes yeah. out the guy. Very unrealistic, but yeah, uh, yeah, and then takes out the guy who's going to be doing the shooting, and it's all going well. And then just he's sitting there, and they kind of have like this wave moment, 
and then you see because it's very calm, isn't it? So you have all that action, and you think it's over. And you think it's over. the music yeah. has told you it's over because yeah. the music's got quiet. It's all done, and then all of a sudden, just bam, he gets hit from behind, and they make sure that we know Kincaid saw this. Mm-hmm. He does see it. I don't know how because he's like. He's like <laughs> 200 yards in the distance yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's kind of like he's, barely looking over his shoulder. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to get that he saw this. Um, and so this is where they start interrogating uh, Bryce. And it's uh, torture electric shock? Yeah, through the head. Through the with, head. With um, uh, jump leads. And I'm not being funny. And a wet towel. And a wet towel. That would fry your brain. Yeah. Well, it kind of does, doesn't it? But <laughs> it, it gets really scared. He starts going, you... You need me to like you. You need me to like you. You need me to like you. And he's like panicking. <laughs> and then he goes, where is Kincaid? And he goes, because at first he said, "If I, I honestly don't know. And if I knew, I'd tell you. Yeah, and he, he gives him the scout's honor. Scout's <laughs> honor. Uh, he says, you know what this is? This is the, this, this, thing. This, 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 this is the Boy Scouts <laughs> yeah, yeah. motto. And we're, we're told never to lie. <laughs> and it's just very Ryan Reynolds, right? It is. And then he goes, where is he? He goes, yeah, he's right behind you. And we don't Scout's know. Honor. Scout's honor. And yeah. we just think he's being a smartass again. Yeah. And then we get the reverse angle. And he is actually there in silhouette form in the background. We're like, Brilliant. that's cool. And then Kincaid, for the first time in the movie, rescues Reynolds. Which is good. Which was a nice about turnabout. I think it shows yeah, yeah, the relationship. Yeah. I think him saving him on, on even though, because remember, they, they left in a big fight just before this. Yeah. And then to sort of get this was a, um, a bit, you know, it was, it, was, it was a healing moment. Yeah. So that was good. And that endears you more to him and to his character. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. And he's done something good now. Now he's not just killing, he's, he's rescuing yeah. too. Yeah. And um, then we get, and they're they're driving here because Reynolds wakes up in the back seat, <laughs> rubbing his head, and he goes, "How did you meet her? Tell me how you met her." And you're not going to believe this, guys. We're going to have another flashback. We what? Yes, I like so, this flashback though. This was it's the same technique though. It's I more, know it's more incongruent sound. So there's a funeral, yeah, about mayonnaise. <laughs> I love that line. And I guess the Interpol's there to take out the brother of the deceased. Yeah. Yes. And Ryan Reynolds is there because he was the bodyguard of the deceased, not yeah. of the brother. No. But because it's Interpol and they're bad at their jobs, they get made by the target instantly and he yeah. tries to run. And like everything's just gone to hell. And, and this time he again, runs into he's, Amelia. Yeah, but he's he's so he's doing the same thing in that same shot where he's not caring. Yeah, he's just not. And he's, he's just, just drinking, he's just trying drinking. to finish his drink. Yeah, because he's not. He's not. He's just there to respect, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Because he was being paid still, so we thought I should go to the funeral. And this is I. I didn't catch what the song was on this one. Oh, I can't remember either. Was that one not hello? No, hello was the first one. I'm sure. Oh, okay. Um, was it something like all all by myself or I don't know? No, all, all by myself is is Deadpool. That's why. You're oh, is it? Oh, okay. But it was more incongruent sound. I went into. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, a song yeah. doing the same thing. And this is where when they come out, uh, he says, and this is where Samuel Jackson goes because you can't plan life out. You just bumped into her, and he goes, "When life gives you shit, you make Kool Aid." <laughs> <laughs> I like that saying. It's not really how the saying goes. I might start using this in my non professional. Sort of exchanges, I think, mm. uh, on the job might be a bit difficult. But I think, you know, outside of that, I, I think I like that. See, I'm, I'm more the Ryan Reynolds in this situation going, no, you, you, you can't make shit into a beverage. That's not how it works. So, into a delicious beverage. <laughs> um, I want to know what love that is. That was it. Yeah, he's a great song. Um, and so, and now we know, well, at least I thought we were in Act 3 now. Yeah. Which is, uh, if Kincaid doesn't show up in the next hour, the president walks and regains power. They say this on the news. <laughs> <laughs> they would so, never say this on the this news. This is so weird. Yeah. And so we have, again, the two cars. And this one's a jag. 
on the one side, and the other side is this like Ford hybrid thing. Yeah. And he goes, you're not going. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they come flying. I love this scene. And like Ryan Reynolds' face is like delighted. And Samuel <laughs> Jackson's face during the slow-mo is like, like so much disgust. Yeah. Like, what, it's just stoic. There's I nothing. am embarrassed to yeah. be in this car. <laughs> and sure enough, like they wreck the car. Like it lands. They have to shoot, you know, because he crashes it. Because he doesn't know how to operate the stick. Because he's, because he's, it's, the wrong you know, side. it's on the wrong side. Yeah. He's used to be on the other side. So it, 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 it's, a, it's a three-day adjustment whenever you swap over. <laughs> I would like to comment on that. I don't really know. I don't. I, I can't drive a manual. No, you don't. No. Yeah, you drive automatic. So I'm used to going to the other side of the car. That yeah, doesn't yeah. throw me because also you just follow the same side of the road the other cars are on. It's not that difficult. Yeah. But the idea about you know which one does all the shifting, I don't really. Once I once I put it in drive, I'm generally okay. So did you drive automatic in Canada? Yes. So you never. He's drove. never driven a manual. No, no, no. You've because ninety-five percent like of cars are automatics in Canada. Like no one has a manual. Oh, okay. You only have a manual if you're like a, if you're like a, a gearhead and you're like really into like your driving. See, so, yeah, that'd have been me. We were, <laughs> we were driving to rehearsal the other day, and a learner driver stalled in front of us at some traffic lights, and I really wanted to shout out the window, "Don't worry, he only drives automatics. He can't judge you." <laughs> just, just is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. And so. Um, then they split up because they split up because he's on the phone. Bryce is on the phone. He's about to tell. He's working up to say, I love you. You know, it's almost there. Oh, it's brilliant. painfully almost there. And then Samuel Jackson has to hit the brakes. And Reynolds goes he, through. He drives straight into a blooming concrete wall yeah. barrier thing. I don't know what the I'm point of it was. No. That happened. Yeah. No. But he just does. And Reynolds goes flying off, through. And like. Through the windscreen. Through the windscreen, but like tucks and rolls and like lands on his feet. He's like mildly aggravated. Well done, stunt double. I'm like, your neck would be done, brother. And I don't know if you noticed. Not if you landed it well. Well, No, I mean, just the the impact would do something, surely, wouldn't it? If it's shoulders that hit the window, maybe not. It's only one side of the window that get taken out. Yeah. But that wouldn't happen in real life because the whole window would just shatter. I would assume so, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah. But, you know... Movie's got a movie. Movie's got a movie, and Reynolds has learned <laughs> that when life gives you shit, you make Kool Aid. So <laughs> he kind of goes, "What the hell?" And the guy goes, "What happened to seatbelts?" Because he made a big deal about seatbelts. They're not he boring they're here for a reason. I always wear a seatbelt. It's calculated risk. And so, um, and then we have this split up, and I didn't really understand why it had to happen like this, but it does. So now we have two different chase fight scenes going on. We have the thing going on with Samuel Jackson, where he's doing yet another car chase. Well, it happens. It happens like that because they there's half of the bad guys are chasing after Bryce and half of the other ones, and Bryce knows he can't get in the car. And then the other half go on feet and on foot and chase Bryce. Yeah, I love the bit when Amelia calls back and Samuel L. Jackson goes. We had to bounce. So Samuel had to bounce. (laughs) Samuel Jackson's kind of doing like a fight scene while he's also trying to reconcile this relationship. And he's like a total romantic. He's like, he is head over heels in love with you. Because he's being chased by that like two, two cars. He doesn't understand the gravity of the situation. And a motorbike, yeah. It's, it takes to like three minutes into the conversation for her to go, are you in the middle of something? Yeah, yeah, call me back later. It's a bit uh, like when he's on the phone to Sonia at the start. And, and so yeah. just to realize he's, he's successful. I mean, I think, his, I think his chase or fight scene was all that interesting. I just think it was more about the conversation. It just yeah. provided a funny juxtaposition of let's have this moment yeah. while I'm doing this. That's a lot of what this film is. I like is. Bryce's fights. Meanwhile, Bryce is on the subway, which is kind of a cool moment in and yeah, of itself. And then he gets out of there and... Uh, he gets out of there just the time that, that Kincaid blows up the car that's chasing him. And just as it goes up in flames, we then do what's called a graphic match because it goes from the car on fire to this burger, which has been put on a grill, and it goes on yeah. fire. And so that's a really Again, clever, clever transition. Yeah. yeah. 
And so this is where we start sort of the second part of it. It's all. a bit like when we watched Apollo, no, not Apollo, um, Apocalypse Now. Yes. When they did the the fan on the ceiling. And then it turns and into then the it turns sun, in, is it? No, it turns into the propeller. That's it, yeah, of, yeah. yeah. Uh, the helicopter. Yeah, there's a lot of graphic matches in Apocalypse mm. now. They have like three and a half hours. So it's a well, amount, yeah, so they yeah. did, yeah. <laughs> you can pretty much have one of everything in that special time frame. <laughs> um, and so um, the bit in the kitchen was okay. I love how he picks, the, picks up a rolling pin as his weapon yeah. of choice. But then they go to a hardware store. But again, the camera angles. And the cameras, and the way the cameras were following them was really quite... You were a big fan of it at this oh, point. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah. The way they were just turning around and like See, all in one shot. I thought this part of the movie felt very Kingsman to me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially like the graphic bar. It wasn't as graphic as Kingsman, but I'm going to take an axe. I'm going to go to a hardware store. I'm going to grab an axe. I'm going to hit you in the stomach with it. So much so that like the head of the axe stays in you, but yeah. I, I rip off just the hilt. And you're like, like who? Anybody else would have just fallen over. Yeah. <laughs> and then he chains them up. I had enough. He's got these, these, these like uh, metal shelves, shelving, like industrial metal shelving units, yeah, yeah, though. Yeah. And he sort of got him with a, a chain, and Reynolds is on one side, and the bad guy's on the other. And he sort of like oh, grabbed throwing them. a nail into his head. He, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he got, like, grabbed him tight, and he's trying to talk to this guy who's um, working at the hardware store. There's a gun on the floor. He's like, kick it over me. I was like, no. He's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so he grabs Credit it. to him for saying that. Yeah, and so he grabs it, and then he's trying to hold on in one hand so he like you don't lose the fish kind of yeah, a concept. Yeah, yeah. Grab it and shoots him twice in the stomach. It goes limp, and that's it. The fight's over. And he goes, thank-. he's very polite. Thank you. I love the way he just throws the gun afterwards. He's yeah. just like, oh, um, good scene. Very, very Kingsman esque, uh, which this had elements of throughout the humor and the graphic violence. It's the kind of the cartoony. So, action so much so that yeah. I looked to see if there was any people who worked on both, and I came up dry. I couldn't find any. No, I haven't found any. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> so this gets done. Oh, and the whole time he's got the chain, the music's pounding, mm. pounding, pounding. As soon as he shoots him, the music just stops. You have a musical attack. So, whereas it was used in um, the film last week for com- Iron Man, Iron Man for, for comedic purposes. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how I remembered it was used last, but I couldn't remember what the film was. <laughs> <laughs> so it was used this time. It's still comedic, but it was a sense of we're done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just as soon as he's done, he's like breathing heavy, which is like, <sighs> Samuel Jackson comes up here, TikTok, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Again, how does he know he's there? It's, oh, just, it's just what actually I know, I know, I know. You know how Samuel know. Jackson knows? Because he went, I did Die Hard with a Vengeance with Bruce Willis. I know what happens now. This is when I when we come back yeah, together yeah, for the yeah. third act. I know what he did. He and read I, the script. <laughs> and I didn't realize until this moment we'd already done a buddy cop kind of movie with Samuel Jackson in it. But yeah. this is that's an interesting comparison. We it might is. talk about that at the end. Yeah. Um, and then just Ryan Reynolds goes, he's unkillable. <laughs> <laughs> Which we were told already by Sonia. We He's were. a cockroach. You can't yeah. kill him. Uh, I'm talking just five minutes to go. And it's such an arbitrary like oh. amount of time. But go, Why em- can't they ever get there like 15 minutes no, early? Why is it always going to be seconds? Empty your pockets, sir. And he's got like... <laughs> He's got like six guns, guns. on him. Reynolds has ditched his because yeah. he left it. He, he left it when he was done with the fight, right? That's right, yeah. I don't know how he's got him. Sam has got like six guns on him. And they're just like – the weird No one is, jumps on him. They're really cool with it. It's, yeah. Hey, I guess because he said, I have the witness with me. Um, yeah. And so they go in and they get him before the judge. And they say, well, we think we had a few seconds left. I'm like, well, so technically, you made a big deal about it being five o'clock. Yeah, you, if, you did. In the, I think this guy walks. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they obviously want – the chance well, to. do they? 
I think the judge does, yeah. Because they could like start like trying like kill for time. They don't ever go, well, due to uncertainty. Because you would. Hey, we have we have it on good authority, Your Honor, that people are trying to kill the witness. Can we get an extension of an hour? Yeah, but, okay. Yeah, but yeah, but it's not going to happen, is it? Because we need tension in the movie. We do, and we need that race against time. Yeah. And so uh, they go, and he goes, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? He goes, I do. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> when did the Hague end up moving to the United States? Because yeah. you don't say that anywhere else. No. But so we go, oh, it's a movie court case now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then he goes into his backstory, doesn't he? And the minute he gets on the stand, though, he's very eloquent, mm-hmm. charming, likable. It's so well done. He's so he just snaps on it. He goes, "No, my name is actually not um, Kincaid. Darius Kincaid. It's actually Darius Evans." Evans. Yeah. yeah. He said, "My stepfather was Darius Kincaid. He was a mean piece of work, and therefore really interesting. That's the name he adopts." Yeah. But he goes, uh, my, "My father was a preacher," and we go, "Oh shoot!" Now me, I went, "Oh shoot!" You're like, "Yeah, I figured this out." But I was <laughs> going, "Well, had you figured this out?" I kind of thought so. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. So I was like, "Whoa!" The, well, it was the whole. Birds thing, you know the birds on the back of his head. Yes, you see that. You see that all the way through. You know they keep showing you that, and then when you see him shoot the guy as the kid, you see the birds. It it, it transitions out of that to the birds flying away, and then to his tattoo. And I thought that was that was them telling us it was him. I didn't necessarily know it was his dad, but knew it was someone close to him. I assumed it was dead. An emotional connection. So we just did on our other podcast, Talking the Mickey, and it'll come out in a couple of days, actually. We're releasing this on Tuesday. We'll have Moana come out on Thursday. Mm -hmm. But the tattoos tell a story on Maui's body. Well, the tattoos on Darius tell a story as well. Darius' tattoos don't move, though. (laughs) No. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) It's the second one you've done. I've never seen that movie, and yet I still (laughs) understand what it is. Yeah. I say you're not missing much, but it really is a good one, actually. Oh, I, I highly recommend it. I will watch. And so um, he goes ahead and he basically, he's got like a, like this, he's like, go to the FTP site, da 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 and what's the yeah. password? And it's like... Uh, <laughs> Dukovic is a dick. All yeah, capitals. Yeah, yeah. Capitals, yeah. Except, 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 except for dick, which is a funny little joke in yeah, and of itself. Which is low, little lowercase. Yes. Do we ever get this explained, how he has these pictures or how he has them on the website? He was he was invited. So, yeah, I know he was invited, but does we, do we see him take these pictures we or anything? Did, this is the one thing we didn't get a flashback no. for. I, was saying, I think this is my, I think I, we're skipping ahead a bit. I think this is my little grumble is that you don't see, get any explanation for how he has these pictures or how he's put them on a website. Like everything a, else is explained I have through. no problem thinking he can figure out how to upload pictures. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. But the fact that he's got that, we don't get any flashback or anything We could have used, because we have the flashback of him walking up the stairs it to meet like, him, and looked, we don't yeah. get him sticking around and going, picture, picture, It looked picture. like pictures from drones. Yeah. So maybe he found those pictures. Whilst he, he was there or I think something. he was just there hiding. I think yeah, he just, because yeah, yeah. he's obviously a hitman. He's used to kind of going yeah. undetected. Yeah. I guess all it is. Yeah. And so this is when... Um, you know, Dracula gets up and admits <laughs> that he's done uh, he's done all these things, but does not recognize the authority. And he's not going to apologize for it. I will not apologize, and I will not respect the authority that does that limits my power. And so while this is all going on, the deputy or assistant director sneaks out, and he's followed by Amelia. And then he no- she tries to like, keep getting to turn around, and then when she does, like he like starts assaulting her. Mm. Uh, which is kind of how you must have assumed that was going to go, I of think, course. if you're Amelia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they blow up the front part of the building. With mm-hmm. a lorry. With a lorry, yeah. yeah. It was very... Full explosive. Plan B or C, yeah, D, Yeah, I don't know. This is very Captain America or Dark Knight Rises kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, but pff, Dark Knight, definitely, with the lorry tipping over. And oh, that bit over, of it, too, it? yeah. It was, you know? it was a combination of a bunch of stuff. 
But I'd never do that. Yeah. And the president, <laughs> meanwhile, like the president of Belarus grabs the gun and like goes to shoot at Kincaid from point blank range. And this is where uh, Bryce, Bryce jumps. jumps and takes the hit. We get the third A. We get the His triple A service. in front of yours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I'm assuming everybody thought this was going to happen at some point during this film. Yes. Yeah. The minute he went for that AAA service, I expect you to take 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 the bullet because he said he'd never taken a bullet. Yes. And I'm like, this has to be the climax of the movie. Exactly. And sure enough, he does take the hit. And then uh, I don't know what happens. We're in a hospital of some sort. I guess it's so they can steal a chopper. We're in a hospital, and these two like bad guys just like and like they couldn't they have been any more it. evil if they wore T-shirts saying "We are the bad guys." Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> they just triggered the bomb so that it caused an emergency at the hospital to create a diversion. So they can get the helicopter. Yeah. So they can steal the helicopter. Yeah. Um, and Kincaid is in pursuit of the president, and he assaults uh, a policeman for his gun in the process. Mm-hmm. And then the bad guys, in a different part, break out the president, get him to the roof, so they can pick him up with the helicopter. This is the plan. The assistant director puts the girl in a sleeper hold. I think he's about to break her neck. He is. Yeah. But he decides he's going to monologue for a bit and says, yeah. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do this. All but bad guys well, monologue well, first. Why, why'd you do it? And she's saved by Ryan Reynolds, who shoots the guy. And then she gives him like a roundhouse kick to finish the job. Oh, man, that was good. You were a big fan of that. Oh, yes. I love her. <laughs> and then Gary Oldman is winged by the old man, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Sammy's dead because they blow up part of the top part of this courthouse. And you're like, okay, he's dead. You even hear him kind of like swear, like in the, <laughs> in, in the background. He's like dying word. is like an F-bomb or something like that. Of course. Uh, yeah, there's a high count in this one. I've got the numbers. Oh, we can play Excellent. that game later. I'm looking forward oh, to that. Wow. And then we find out, oh, wait, no, he's not dead. <laughs> in fact, so well, he's, he's a cockroach. He's he not like, going to die. He like shoot, exactly. And he shoots down this Helicopter, yeah. by by like killing. Get the to the chopper. Yeah, it's, it's like Bruce. It's like Bruce Willis in the future of ones, and Sammy's going. I can do that too. Yeah. and like it takes like, like the thing is like, we don't know how many people this helicopter has killed as it like falls down the side of the building. But Sammy doesn't care, no. and he gets alone with Oldman, and um, he, Oldman knows his price is up. Isn't he? Oldman he knows, knows it's up. He's like, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be. An-, he gives him that speech. I'll be just another guy who you killed. You're not special because you killed me. And he just kind of laughs at him and goes, I don't even care about a fraction of what you just said. (laughs) And then he just like, he's bathed in light behind him. Uh, Like, like, like he's from angelic. Angelic, isn't it? It's great. Kicks him off. No, no, no. He says one more thing, doesn't he? What does he say? He says, um, no, you shot my bodyguard. (laughs) You fucked up when you shot my bodyguard. (laughs) And he kicks him. And uh, I I thought he was going to like, shoot him in the leg and be like no I'm not killing you you're going to go to jail mm. and no he kicks him so he doesn't shoot him he no, lets it makes fall it personal. kill him yeah, yeah personal and he goes and he lands like you know he falls and like kind of the crow we've got another big falling yeah, sort yeah. of moment and he lands on this car there's, there's always a car there's always like, a car you know perfect how, you know how no one ever just like hits it with their leg and like flips no. it over like they always <laughs> land like like they're always like it's right a, on the it, roof. It's, it's not perpendicular. You no. fall perfectly on top of it, but so your your feet are towards <laughs> the front and your head is towards the back of the yeah. car and your face up. You never twist or no. oh, it's so so. You it's, do it's get a, a beautiful payoff there though with the man from right at the beginning who. Um, oh, is that who that was? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. I had missed that. I'm like, who yeah. is this guy? I'd no, for- that's he goes. Is that a good thing that I'd forgotten who this guy is though? Mm. I think that. I mean, the whole case was centered around him to begin with, so maybe you. Just weren't paid. Maybe I wasn't. I, I don't know. You got caught up in the hoopla. Maybe it is. Yeah. You know, I, I, the action. 
Maybe they need to put more of them in the, in the middle somewhere. Maybe he needed another little bit in he that needed, he needed, case. Like, he needed yeah. a line. Maybe he needs to go to the lawyer and be like, he can't walk. I need, no, he can't walk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe a little line about an education of his own or something <laughs> yeah. like that as he walks away. It's not who that character is, but something. Yeah. I will say this. I like the use of the song, Whoa, Black Betty, during the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoa, Black Betty. <laughs> bam, bam, whoa. I've got my notes. How much money went to the music in this film? Because oh, they've got right. quite a lot here. And so. That was on the subway, wasn't it? That was yeah. uh, the subway and, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the car chase, yeah. yeah. And so um, Kincaid, oh, and there's a giant, Kincaid comes back in and goes, you know, who's good, who, can, I, can I get someone to, to arrest me? <laughs> and they want him, you know, and you kind of want him to escape. You're like, let him go, let him go. But this isn't who his characters are. Amelia puts him in cuffs, basically. Yeah, because he's, he's made a deal, isn't he? Off you go. And um, he goes, uh, I think Reynolds even goes, you know, you got one, one last chance to escape here. And he goes, no, I had to get you back to your AAA status. That's... That's killing my conscience, the fact that you're not. <laughs> and then, like, instantly, the next shot is like, he's escaped. Yeah. So we, we find out that it is later, though. It is later, yes. yeah, yeah, but, like, it's the next shot for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's escaped. And we find out, because there's a news report taking place in this, what I assume is a Mexican bar. Mexican bar, yeah. And they are dancing. It's their anniversary. He's, he's met up with Sonia. And the locals are just having a good old-fashioned bar fight. And there's fight. even someone on fire. Yes. Over the pool table. Yes. <laughs> And yet we get the and we get the which is very in the which is very Deadpool again, isn't it? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah. And one more incongruous sort of sound, and that is our closing is yeah. not on Ryan Reynolds and Amelia, which I thought might have needed mm. the payoff more. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. it was with the easier laugh. So the question was, do you want the joke or do you want? The, I guess they chose to go with the joke at the end. And the final line was "Happy anniversary, motherfucker." Yes, oh, from, the, from her. Yeah, yeah, and that was. The Hitman's Bodyguard. So, uh, as we begin sort of our, our sort of end game of it all, um, I liked it. <laughs> I do. I, I liked I find it. Fun. You'll hear from the cadence of my voice, there's a lot of, you know, oh, caveats yeah, yeah, to yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, of course, there is. There's, there's, there's a lot of holes and there's a lot of, there's a lot of things I didn't like about it. But overall, I found it fun. I definitely would not call this a bad film. No. I don't... If you ask me what the story was, I'd really struggle. It's a very, very loose <laughs> It's a very loose story. Thing. And yeah. so, you know, I like the story. Yeah. I, like I story. think it's a brilliantly directed film. The direction oh, throughout this, the with the music angles. choices, the camera angles, all of that is all Loved really, it. really is, good. Is there like one or two too many action scenes in this thing? No. no. Really? No, I love I all the action so. scenes. Okay, let's do this one then. So I've been <laughs> waiting on this one. What's a better film? Hitman's Bodyguard... Or Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. It, just because of the extra story level, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure how was, was, was the way it was going to go. I do prefer Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, like Die Hard Samuel L. Jackson with still some governors on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like we talked with the Robin Williams roundtable about Robin Williams in his later years at times just became like, do whatever you want, Robin, because you're great. And he needed someone to limit him within the confines of a story a bit more. I think what was quite good with Samuel Jackson in Die Hard with Vengeance was he was Ryan Reynolds' character, but with Samuel Jackson's talk. Yeah, because we in the setup, someone said Ryan Reynolds is the straight man in this yeah. film. I'm going to argue he's not. And what I'd say he is. Because he, he can't resist being Ryan Reynolds. 
is he really the boring one? He's the guy who says scouts honor and you torture him. And he's going, yeah, yeah, he's still, yeah, this well, is yeah, scouts. He's not, he's not boring he's not a straight as such. Man, but that's what we're told he's supposed to be boring. Yeah. But against Samuel L. Jackson, he is. Yeah, that's the thing. So he's not the straight man. He's just not Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. That's my, that's my issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. in Die Hard, Samuel L. Jackson's kind of the straight man. Yeah. Yet he's also Samuel L. Jackson, but it's but it's 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 it's, it's more contained, yeah. And he's also the outsider. One's a cop, yeah, yeah. one's not. He's an ordinary guy, so it helps him be the straight man, but lets him also have these sort of emphatic things. Yeah. So, just a thought. Um, I got an qu- interesting one here. Um, favorite death. <laughs> favorite death. Favorite like death we had, or favorite moment of action in this film. Because my, I'll go first. Mine came very, very early in the opening breakout where they rescue, well, not rescue, where they try to kill him when he's being transported the very, very first time. Yeah. There's a bit where one of the cars, one of the bad guy's cars, the door opens. Yes. And they like drive oh, yeah, into a guy who's standing there. And that more, there was a lot of death, but that more than anything got the oh out of me. Like that, like that had to But hurt. straight after was the worst death for me. Okay, which was? Which was the guy who. Did that, or the the copper who um, was, oh, I can't think of his name. He was, he was, I didn't, I thought he was going to survive a bit longer. Okay. Is he the guy who was like the he lead He took out sort loads of, of people yeah. and then he was like, he, he, he was a big shot. alpha male yeah, of that group. Yeah, taking out everybody. And then yeah. all of a sudden that scene happened and then he got killed. Yeah. And I was like, that was a great death. That's not. <laughs> yeah. I want to see him go out in a bit more of a blaze of glory than that. Yeah, fair enough. I quite liked that, that it, he didn't get that though. Because like, it ramps you up for, to make you think that he's going to be really good and possibly even part of the story and well, then no he just gets killed no, because yeah. that's what it's, that's what they are it's like scream in the sense that we build someone up who you think is gonna be really really important and then we get rid of them so early you're like what, what? yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just go oh, i wasn't expecting this and you're thrown and it's then the you're Drew like Barrymore moment. and like oh i was trying to go name free in case well it's been 25 years people if you haven't seen scream oh, go no, watch no, scream yeah. plus she dies in the first 10 minutes who cares that was a big talked about thing back yeah. in the day. Plus, there were sequels. You know, Nev Campbell was in one, two, three, four, and soon to be five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there you go. Uh, anybody else have a favorite death? Ellie even said it. I think I agree with the one that you said. Okay, there you go. So, uh, George, do you have any sort of uh, little trivia tidbits you want to throw in here? We'll sort of intersperse our stuff. Yeah, I've got so I've got a few. So, Why don't you go um, ahead? Uh, box office rating for this. What do you think the budget for this film was? Oh, it's always hard to guess what a budget is. They well, go and buy the special effects. I was going to say, the... special effects, the cars, everything in there. Special I'm... effects were rubbish. They, did, they, they shot it in Amsterdam, and you don't do that if you've got a huge budget. I think you do it because you're getting a sweetheart deal. Yeah, I think, though, you know when they went into the canal and stuff like that? Yeah. That looked real to me, but the explosions... I thought the practicals. I, I think, didn't like the explosions. I think Amsterdam would have given them access to do things like that. Yeah. Things yeah. Amsterdam I, closed the roads yeah. for them to do that. I am yeah. going to say the budget is... I'm going to say $100 million. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say $78 million. I think I'm high, actually. Well, then I'm going to go 90 I'm going to say 78 <laughs> You're all very high. It was $30 million. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I started thinking, I was like, no, I'm high. Because if you're in Amsterdam, yeah, absolutely, you're high. You're doing this because you're getting a sweetheart deal on yeah. all sides. And it grossed a total of $176 million. Oh, that was good. So about, so about five times its budget, yeah. so you're doing okay there. It yeah. did really yeah. quite well. And I think by featuring so much of Europe, I think that probably helps in that market. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And going by the special effects, I assume that Samuel L. Jackson got paid $30 million for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I hated the special effects. Did you really? Yeah, the explosions were rubbish. You oh, could there, see... was, there was one explosion. I'm like, this is CGI yeah, in a bad way. You could yeah. so tell. Uh, I'd be very curious to see what some of the things were. I think they made up for a shoestring budget with a lot of good cinematography, oh. as we said. As with the camera work in there. Camera work was amazing. I think, 
they must have both taken a haircut for this because uh, you, you couldn't get Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson for thirty million by itself. Mm, no, no. they must thinking. have really liked the script, or it must be some. They must have produced it or something. They had some sort of other interest in it, other agenda. Or maybe yeah. they're like, "Look, we'll take a haircut, but we want a percentage of the profits." Perhaps, yeah. Maybe, I don't yeah. know. I've not come across no. anything like that. Because thirty but... mils really low for those two by themselves. It probably explains why there's not a whole lot of other people. In That's why film. I went high on the the budget. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. So the the script, uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard, was written by Tom O'Connor in 2011. Okay. Um, and it was stuck in um, a blacklist for screenplays. No one would do it really? at all um, in 2011. It was intent- first intended as a drama, which probably is why it didn't, yeah. didn't get picked up. But it got turned into a comedy two weeks before they started filming it. <laughs> That's funny in itself. So they originally... Mu- they must have really wanted yeah. uh, Reynolds to be a straight man. He, must have done. Like, like legit straight yeah. men. Yeah. Originally, they would have both been straight men. Yeah, they, they, it wasn't supposed oh. to be a comedy. That's really surprising with that casting, I think. Yeah. But I think they definitely chose the right... I wonder if they panicked, but like... That's in like humour. In like a good way. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, so next one. How many swear words does Samuel L. Jackson say throughout this film? <laughs> Are they all sorts of swear words or just the F word? All sorts, but we can we can go more specific in okay. a minute. All sorts. Well, the film was 120 minutes long. I'm going to say 142. <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> 75. Mm, 100. Between Ellie and Liam, you're doing quite well. 122, just from Samuel oh, L. Jackson. Wow. <laughs> How mm. many of those were motherfucker, specifically? Oh, I'm going to say mm. 78. 125 total, you said, right? Just from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Fucker or motherfucker? Motherfucker. Wait, oh, are okay. these, oh, wait. Are these MFs just from Sammy or from all characters? Just from Sammy. Because Sammy Hi- yeah, Sam Hayek's got quite a few herself. <laughs> 42. Uh, oh, see, I'm right around that same number. I'm going to say 40. 60. 22 oh, okay. oh. were uh, motherfuckers from Samuel L. Jackson. And there, there were a, a great... total of 12 more from other cast members. If, if yeah. I may, there's a bit where Ryan Reynolds goes. like He's like, ruin the word motherfucker for me. Do you know how hard that <laughs> yeah. is to do? Do you know how hard it is to ruin that word? <laughs> yeah. Child, that was really clever. The punched me in the fucking ear is a reference to Fight Club. I was going to say, it had to be. Uh, yeah. I was about to make reference to when we watched it. There's got to be a Fight Club uh, reference. Do you know what? Is, I think yeah. Lee Lestat will, uh, und- uh, will appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he had picked up on that straight away. Because the minute it happened, I went, that's, that's got to be intentionally fun. Yeah, fun. yeah. So people's favorite character of, 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 of the whole thing. And I think it's really, a, I think it's a two-horse race. Maybe it's a three-horse no. race. Maybe it's a three-horse race, maybe? Of course it's a three-horse okay, race. Okay, let's start with Liam then. What do you want? Amelia. Amelia? Um, wait, Amelia? Yeah, yeah, I, mean, it's a I think it might be a four-horse race. Wow, <laughs> not what I was expecting there. I love her. Don't get me wrong, right? Um, Samuel L. Jackson is Samuel L. Jackson. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. They're both brilliant in this role. Playing themselves are great. Um, <laughs> They're both brilliant at being who they are. Being, but they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, hear, uh, I get what you mean. But Amelia, every time she came on the screen, all I was like, oh, love that woman. And when so, she started kicking so, ass. So you also liked her for who she was as well. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get jealous, Michelle. Oh, oh Michelle. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> With that in mind. Uh, I mean, no, I just liked, I liked Amelia's character. I liked she was very feisty. I liked the fact that, you know, she wouldn't take no shit from him. And she also... I, it's so weird because I... Not at all. I love her. Wow. All right. I want to see her in more stuff. Georgia. I really like Sonia. Sonia. Yeah. Sonia's great. Yeah. I mean, like, I think pretty much what Liam said. I've seen Ryan Reynolds do that and I've seen Samuel L. Jackson do that. Yep. And so to pick out... They're brilliant, don't get me wrong. They're absolutely hilarious. But 
someone that I'm not that familiar with to kind of steal the show from those two is impressive. So yeah, I'm going with her. Ellie. Absolutely, Sonia. Okay. I think she's just an unhinged yogi and it's fantastic. Like the like complete opposites that those two things should be and putting them together in a jail cell. And she's just fantastic. She is funny. I'm going to be the minority. Uh, I'm going to pick... Do you think... You, what are you saying? Okay. You are, you, on your face. are you going to go for a main character or are you going to go for an off-skew character? I was going to go for a main character. Oh, okay. Who do you I, think I was going to go for? I think you're going to go for Ryan Reynolds. Well, who did you think I was going to go for before I gave you the clue? Richard E. Grant. Oh, no, he was really good, though. Yeah, it's fun. I'm going to go for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I'm going to go for Ryan Reynolds, not because he's playing Ryan Reynolds. Because he's although, Canadian. Although he's, <laughs> not because he's Canadian, actually. Because um, it took me a long time to sort of come around on Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, and you said, actually, as though that was a genuine factor in your decision-making. <laughs> huh? um, and so the big thing for me, I think, is that first he has to do so much of this is on Ryan Reynolds because he is, well, he's a straight man, but he is, so much of this movie is just Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So... I think everybody else is the luxury of just, it's really easy to do a brilliant job when you've only got two or three scenes to worry about. Mm. And Ryan Reynolds had a lot to do in this. And I think I did not know Ryan Reynolds was this good of a physical combat actor. Yeah. Yeah, which you and said. Yeah, like, I sat there and went, wow. Yeah. Like, we talked about James Bond at the start. Like, this guy, you know, give him an English accent, let him try. Or Canadian Bond, you know what? Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. Bond. I would love that. Bond, James Bond. What shaken, are you talking about? Shaken, not stirred, please. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry about killing you there. <laughs> yeah, Excuse sorry. me. Yeah, sorry. It's 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 my fault. Um, it's not shaken but stirred. It's double double, please. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds. I was just really really impressed with that side of it. Yeah, I, I, thought I can he was, see that. I can see um, that. You know, honorable. I mean, it's what do we think of Gary Oldman? Can we just say this for a moment? I that he... accent is incredible. I mean, he's yeah. good at accents anyway, but like I was impressed by that. He was that. kind of playing a low-grade, unhinged Bond villain. Yeah, he was. He wasn't helped by, I thought, the third act where he like goes and runs and tries to escape. Was... I thought that was pants. Cool. I thought that was very bad. Uh, and he wasn't done any favors by a, a bad script in that point. It's definitely not his best performance, is it? No. <laughs> no. If you're out there and you really believe that that's his best performance, yeah. uh, please let us know. I just want to know how many movies have you watched. <laughs> I just couldn't get over how old he looked. He's old man. No, but he's Gary old man. He didn't look that old in um, Batman. Yes, because some some years have gone by since then. Five. I think he does look quite old in Batman. Well, not five. Jeez, nine. It must be longer. Yeah. Well, let's not spoil the age game by overthinking it, guys. I don't remember how old we said he was in, in two thousand eight. Gary Oldman. Old man. <laughs> Soon he'll be Gary older man. Older man. Wait till you see him in Darkest Hour. <laughs> well, um, looks old there. He does. I think the yeah, biggest comparison like is, is him as Sirius Black. Like yeah. that's where he looks his youngest. He's brilliant. Oh, you can go that. back even sooner from that. But yeah, he he does. He's remarkably different in yeah. other parts of his life. Sid and Nancy, yeah, or when he's just that. the guy on Friends who keeps spitting. <laughs> he's Joey's actor friend who can't stop spitting everywhere. Yeah. All right, so there's that. Um, so uh, favorite bit, favorite elements, favorite thing, favorite thing that maybe my, a second a second look or a second talk. My favorite bit was the action scene on the speedboat and the whole camera angle usage. I thought that was absolutely ingenious, and that got you into the throes of the fights, you know, and it felt like you was in it. And amongst it, it was great. There was some really nice cinematography. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Ellie? Um, I really liked the little callbacks that they did throughout the film. Um, and a couple of examples were um, with the whole what happened to the seatbelt rule thing. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then also there's a bit where, where they set the airbags off and Samuel L. Jackson um, shoots them and Ryan Reynolds is like, 
are you kidding? I've got a pen knife. And then in the next scene, he stabs someone with his pen knife yeah. and you see it just kind of hovering there in this in this body. And I thought that was just kind of good attention to detail. But then film. but then later on, there's a scene when they also break into a car and Samuel L. Jackson doesn't punch it. He lets Reynolds do his gizmos with all yeah. of his tools as well. So yeah. they're both learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was all right. Georgia. I think I'm probably going to go with kind of what I've already said already, but the direction in this film, Patrick Hughes. I don't know how much of everything else he did, but the the camera work, the general direction, the um, the, the use of semiotics and all those different things and different bits and pieces and techniques are all done really, really well in a film that could have not had them because it is just an action comedy at the end of the day. They didn't need those details and those bits and pieces I, in there and I really appreciated them. I guess for a, such a low-budget movie, you need to be creative. Yeah. And I thought that was good. I'm going to go with... The way they managed to extract humor from as many different avenues as they could. And the use of music, the use of musical attack, the the use of incongruent sound, the use of these. Even when they're in that last dance scene and dance in the moonlight, like they're bathed in this like light that's made them look all like um, oversaturated. Their clothes are more colorful. Everybody else is like blue. And it's like the world that suddenly shines for them. And it was a nice touch, especially in a movie when only three characters are really allowed to be funny. Yeah. yeah, Samuel Jackson, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and Salma Hayek are the yeah. only three. Amelia's not funny. No, no. Oh, she has a couple of barbs at the start, maybe when she's with Ryan Reynolds. But for the most part, everybody else is just straight. This is not a comedy for everybody; just certain characters. Mm-hmm. And I was okay with that, and realizing who are the ones, and that for what it was, it was my best sort of thing. Oh, another thing I want to say was um, I mentioned it while I was watching it, and I didn't realize, but the guy who played John and Salma Hayek. Uh, Sonia, she, uh, they both in Desperado. Yes, you'd mentioned that. Yeah. So it sort of tipped me off to him early and went, oh, he's in too big of a part for the role he has. I wonder if he's the bad guy. Yeah. Um, a grumble? Special effects. Okay. The, the explosions. I didn't like that. You know, just, just do a little explosion if you, you know, or not an explosion. Just let the cars crash. You okay. know, I don't want all that CGI shit. Sorry. No. Didn't like all that right. bit. <laughs> uh, Ellie? Um, nothing too major. I'd probably just say how lax they are with the international um, court of uh, the international criminal court. That was like it. The... <laughs> this does not feel authentic. Pardon? This does not feel like an authentic court for me. Well, like we were saying, like just kind of they really bend the rules, and there's just a load of stupid shit. Like oh, there were American okay, yeah. Americanized court cases and and things, that and just, just like, don't actually fit for the setting. We're just to establish a race against time. The court case meant so little. Yeah, it's so it little. It was built up the whole movie, and it really wasn't exciting either. Do you court scenes really? Do you think they make it? Make it? Made it? <laughs> made it? Yep. Made it? Sorry for an English teacher opposite me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think they made it um, Americanized just to make it more worldwide? Do people understand more. Maybe? It's what people have come Would to associate want with, and maybe. recognize from yeah. a film corporate room, isn't it? I'm gonna. This isn't mm-hmm. that often I have to do this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop a second media theorist Ooh. in one episode. Ooh, I know, it's a, it's a daily double. <laughs> um, there's a guy called Steve Neal, and he had something called genre theory. And it's that we understand uh, texts based on their relation to other texts, yeah. right? So if you're not in the States, you don't know what an American courtroom really looks like. You'll never step in one. American, no. actually, actually, American courtroom looks nothing like they do in the movies, yeah. right? But we're all familiar with the tropes that we see in every mm-hmm. Film. So if they'd gone with, with a different saying, we'd have gone, wait, what is that? I don't understand. But we know you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to so help you God. That's what you say before you testify in yeah, a courtroom yeah. in a movie. Yeah. 
and that's how we understand that, whether you understand the law or what it means or any of that stuff. So I think that some of those Americanisms are done just so that we go, we are familiar with this. Even yeah. if it's not accurate, yeah. it's accurate for a movie court case. Yes. Let, people don't get it. It's because it's an American thing. It's because it's a movie court case. Yeah. That makes sense. So there we go. Uh, Georgia, you remember? I think I said it earlier. I can't remember what I said now, though. There's something. Oh, the how some of the things, like they take effort to flashback things that aren't necessarily needed for flashbacks. Oh, and then there's a little bit. You wanted of, a flashback for the photos. Is that a, you? Yeah. There's yeah. a couple of kind of ex machina kind of like you go, no, explain that for me. Yeah. And they don't. Um, but other than that, I, I think it does what it should as a film. I think yeah. it's enjoyable. And yeah, I think I, I actually liked it more the second time, I think. Okay. We talked about Braveheart a couple of weeks ago, and I said three hours felt good. Felt good. This was two hours and felt long. Um, in places. I think there's a couple too many uh, action sequences where I went, how many people are in this like evil syndicate? I like the action sequences. It was, it, was, it was like a video game. It was like, wait, there's another army of people who are all like ready to go here. And there's, yeah, wait, there, wait, there wait. Was... And there's this like plan B. But they, 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 they brought this plan B up like 15 minutes left in the film. But to be and fair. Like, there's a plan B. We're going to blow everything up. It's not a serious film. Though, and but, the, but the third act, that ending was atrocious. It was pretty bad. The ending was so bad. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, that's me. I just, it's just a bit fun. It's just I get that. I get that. And I'm not looking for whatever. I mean, we've sat here and we've done Speed and we've done yeah. Iron Man. I haven't got frustrated by sort of the way the stories end with those. But I just kind of went, just like Die Hard. I went, you really wrote yourselves into a corner and didn't fully know how to get out of this one. Yeah. I think it's worse than this one than, than Die Hard. It'd be interesting to see the second one then, wouldn't it? It will be. And I wouldn't be, I'll say this much, I'm not opposed to seeing the second one. Mm. So if that's the sign of a good movie, I, I would go on this journey again with these characters, hoping there's but a only little, for an hour and a half. <laughs> hour and a half would be better. And hoping that the extra, what's it like if you put Salma Hayek into that mix, mix with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? What happens if they get to play off each other for a bit? That'd be quite cool. That might be interesting. Because them two have never really met. What happens if she hates him and then Samuel Jackson's got to be the inner – if he's got to oh, be the yeah. intermediary, that could That'd be quite be cool. fun. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what I – maybe I was kind of like after like an hour, I'm like, I get it. These two are sort of figuring them their way out and I yeah. just wanted another ingredient in the mix. Yeah. I don't know. That was me. So I think it's time for uh, the, the age, age game. game, the age game. Let's all play the age game. Okay. We're going to start with Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to say – Forty-four. Georgia? Uh, Thirty-eight. Ian? I'm going to say for Ryan Reynolds, he's 36 years old. He is 40. Oh. Wow. Well, in this film. Yeah. Cana- okay. Canadians don't age, man. We're young, we're young looking people. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson? Um, I'm going to say, how long ago was this? Three years ago? Three years ago, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say, cool, I, Fifty-six. Fifty-two. He's well north for this. I'm going to say he's 68. He is 68. Yeah. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> I, That's I ha- crazy. I had to triple check this because I, I was like, no way. I remembered wow. when he did Attack of the Clones, he was well into his 50s. Really? Yeah. He's impressive. But like, if you think about it, in Pulp Fiction, he's got to be north of 40 then. Well, early... 
That's early, 94. Early 90s. He did um, Jungle Fever, didn't he? 26 years ago, 38. And he Die Hard was 95, so yeah. we've seen a film with him recently. But he's, I like, mean, he's like 40, 42. Okay. He's like, so it, yeah, does yeah, 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 it does make yeah, sense yeah, when you think does, about yeah. the gap just, in between just these Just the minute films, he shaves his head, you lose your ability to track his age. He looks yeah. so young. He, he looks amazing. I think the fact age. that he doesn't have the goatee, because we're used to seeing him as Nick Fury these days, yeah. I think that helps as but well. he doesn't look anywhere near 68 as Nick Fury either. Well, no. He just looks fab. Anyway, Gary Oldman. Okay, I'm gonna say seventy. No, sixty, sixty-eight. Same. Sixty-eight. Okay. <laughs> uh, see, I don't think he's aged as well as Samuel L. Jackson. No. I don't think he's quite as old. I'm gonna go sixty-five. I'm gonna sixty-two. I'm really a little small for the group. He's only fifty-nine. Wow. What? I'm yeah, I sorry. I only yeah. miss one. <laughs> Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry right. if I just uh, hurt everybody's ears. Then. Right. I'll, I'll kill it in post. Yeah. Some Hayek. Oh. Not Penelope Cruz. Not Penelope Cruz. I apologize again. <laughs> Selma Hayek. Um, I'm going to say 48. 46. Now, I'm going to say 45. <laughs> she's actually 51, so she's a little bit older than you. Oh, she's that old? Yeah. Oh, okay. 51. Um, she looks good for 51. She, she wow. really does, yeah. yeah. Um, so, well-matched couple, I guess. Um, Elodie Young, who, who plays Amelia. Amelia. Oh, Amelia. I, I will say this. I, I, I think Salma Hayek is much more attractive than Amelia. No. I do, sorry. No. All right. I'm I an think Amelia they're both fan. quite attractive. So. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say quite young. I'm going to say 34? 36. 30. Georgia got it. She's 36. Wow. Whoop, yeah, whoop. I was going to say Good on them. Good on him. I like I want to see her in more things. Okay. You want to see her in less things. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You got some reviews from some people. I threw it out there today. So, oh, cool. so Paul and Griff from the Paul and Griff show says, uh, this is in regards to Hitman's Bodyguard, it yeah. has its moments but never fully reaches its potential. No. I could be wrong, though seen as a sequel is rumored to be happening. Yeah. So uh, Ethan from Talking to Mickey hey, got a hold of us and just has a gift that goes Pain <laughs> from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, Ethan was let it be known to me at least that uh, he was not a fan of this film. Oh, I was, no, I, was... I think he actually apologized to you for yes. having to watch it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, not before coffee said. I think that the title is a bit of a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> but the hitman's wife's bodyguard is all about Salma Hayek's character, apparently, which I would assume if yeah. you're going to watch this when the sequel comes out. I think that would absolutely be something. And it's a musical podcast said. Um, I adore this film. It's brilliant humor and excellent action set pieces. There's a sequel due out, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So that's kind of what they all thought, but what did we all think? So let's go around the table, Ellie, Liam, Georgia, shall we? What does this rate out of 10? I have given it a reasonably solid 7. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was... Anything? What? No, it's just we've taken to like putting like adjectives before the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> a very strong eight, a reasonably solid seven. I'm sorry, did you did you just want me to say seven and move on? I mean, did you, did people I, would sorry, argue that's that? how did numbers I want work. You to say seven and move on. Yeah. No, you can go ahead and do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so I I enjoyed it. I Remember didn't think this. it was anything sort of overly special. Um, it's definitely not to the same level as Samuel L. Jackson in Die Hard with a Vengeance. So. Okay. Yeah. Liam. I really love the movie. I thought it was great. I really love the movie. I just love it. I really love it. I, no, I, okay. 
Um, there's a lot of flaws. No, no, I, no it's I, fine. I, was just... I really loved the movie because it made me laugh. There's so and it made me go, ooh, ah, oh, oh, funny, yeah, great. You know, you've, just, love... you've just described a panto. <laughs> <laughs> it's very panto esque. He's behind you. Actually, he was behind you. I love, <laughs> love that. I love action Scouts on us. Yeah. And and I just and the camera work was brilliant. Yeah. I'm going to surprise you here with my rating, only because you know I, there are flaws and everything else. But I'm going to give it a solid. <laughs> a solid six and a half. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, I, I, you have surprised me because I thought from really loved screams more than six and a half in my head. But okay. exactly, that's why I surprised you because again, it was very thin on the thin on the ground with the plot and everything else. I was just if there weren't all them action sequences and mm-hmm. the good camera angles, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really have liked it that much. Okay. So for me, it's just like mindless fun. Okay, Georgia, it's a roller coaster. Um, I am going with an. Exuberantly firm seven. <laughs> okay. Um, mostly the same. I think it's already been said. I enjoy it. Um, I think the performances, for the most part, are good. Yeah. Um, I think it's let down by the story. Okay. It's one of those films where the script in places is quite good. The direction is quite good, but there's just not enough of a story to carry it through. I think if there was more story and less, maybe maybe one less action scene and a little bit more story, it probably would have made it more like an eight or an eight and a half, but... As it stands, seven. Yeah. And you pretty much took most of what I was going to say, so I'll just say it's a six and a half for me. Um, I thought I was going to be the black sheep, and I thought I was going to come in lower than everybody, and you've all been lower than I thought you were going to be in your whatever. It's good fun. It is good fun. It's good fun. Um, If someone asked me why would you like it, I think I'd... uh, I like that humor. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. The humor and the action uh, sequences. I think George is 100% right, and I don't think there's enough, nearly enough story. No. It's just unoffensive, isn't it? Like, it's a, it's a decent... Inoffensive, <laughs> unoffensive, inoffensive. I'm sure it's inoffensive. I will look that up. Please do. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's so I got told off decent... for saying less and not fewer, so... There we I mean, go. Unless we're we're doing what, this, what apparently. We, that's what we do. We just keep each other in check. It's is, this, is this best film ever podcast or little bitch podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Um, bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> I can't even remember what I was saying now. It is either unoffensive or inoffensive. I think you're right. Um, either but way. it's So it's like, it's entertaining to watch. It's not one you'd necessarily go back to loads and loads, but it's No, but it's it is fun. entertaining, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see the second one, see if they do have more of a plot, more of a storyline, yeah. more of a budget. And I don't know. That just leaves us really to talk about what the next film ever is. Thanks for, thanks for that one, Georgia. Yeah, thank you, Georgia. Uh, as someone said before... Um, you can have both unoffensive and inoffensive. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Um, one inoffensive statement. There we go. <laughs> um, as someone said around the table a minute ago, I'm just going to say seven and move on. Because that is what next week's film is. We are going to watch seven. Yes. So I haven't this seen one, this for so long. Is this the one about the seven deadly sins? We will watch. Yep. And it's the one about a plucky number between yeah. six and eight who yeah. makes their way to the big city in search of fortune. Oh, nice. I'm looking forward yes. to that. Yes. No, it is the one there about is, yeah, of course. Uh, seven days. Since. So we've got Brad Pitt. We've got Morgan Freeman. Juliette Lewis, is that right? No, no, no. no. We have Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow. And we've got Kevin Spacey again. So yeah, yeah. a bit. A bit uh, but I think this is also, oh, what's that guy's name who did. Um, Oh, I haven't seen this for so long. Fincher. I think it's Fincher again. Ooh. Oh, is it? I, th- I think so. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was brought up on um podcast it before. Is. Was it? Okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. so we have David Fincher again. We have a really gritty, really clever, really well-acted film. Yes. This is the film that Brad Pitt turned down. What do we say he turned down? 
he turned something down to do seven, something we've done already on the podcast. Yeah, he, yeah. So that'll be interesting to take a look at. I'm sure it'll come up. But we'll take a look at what he chose instead. He chose to do seven, and he's very, very good in it, I Mm. think. So that's it next week. Please join us as we watch a very less comedic. Mm. (laughs) Sorry, I can't can't wait to watch it again. Very less comedic. A very less comedic, (laughs) a far less comedic film in seven and we answer the question what's in the box so four <laughs> it's not deal or no deal four uh best film ever my name's ian and i'm liam i'm ellie and i'm georgia and i would hope after two hours of discussing the hitman's bodyguard you would agree with us that ryan reynolds is wrong when he says boring is best <laughs> we'll see you next time And this is where the bad guys. And this is where the bad guys. (laughs) Pip, you are the bad guys.